Hello and welcome to the One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan, episode 62, proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. And now it's a lockdown edition of the People's Podcast and joining me on the Zoom call, of course, is the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. Broadcast. How are you, Mr. Ryan? It's uh, it's good to see your face on a computer screen. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes, it's uh, it's a little bit of normalcy in what's been a pretty wild week over here in the West. So testing, to say the least. So we've had a five-day COVID lockdown, which began on Sunday. And more importantly, I suppose, there's devastating bushfires raging to the north northeast of Perth and while there's, I think there's flooding in some parts of the state as well, Terry. But firstly, um, hopefully everyone is holding up well during this lockdown period. How, how are you? How are you handling things uh, in your neck of the woods, Guru? I am fine, mate. Absolutely nothing to complain about out this way. Um, bit of a quiet old week and a boring old week. It's been good to see the um, the majority of my Twitter feed, as I'm sure yours is probably the same, is uh, is the racing community. And it's been good to see the um, a lot of the racing community come together and uh, everyone putting their hand up to assist where they can with horse placement or uh, Bob Peters obviously donating um, the hay and whatnot. So it's it's uh, it's uh, in the face of uh, a very tough week on a number of fronts. It's um, it's been good to see social media used in a um, in a positive manner in uh, in that sense, BJ. Absolutely, yeah. Everyone has sort of clicked into gear to help out where where they can, and um, yeah, our heart goes out to everyone that's been affected by the bushfires and. Of course, a huge thank you to those brave souls out there fighting the fires on our behalf. Um, yeah, we can't can't thank you enough. And just a quick um, mention that there are multiple ways that people can help those affected by the fires. These include both traditional charities, online fundraisers for specific families, as well as donations for animals. So um, there's plenty of stuff available online if you're looking to contribute financially or in other ways. So. But Terry, this is the West Australian Racing Podcast, so we're going to focus on the thoroughbreds for now, but we can't escape the impact the COVID emergency has had on the industry this week. First of all, the Monday Belmont Barrier Trials, they were called off. They threw a curveball into the All-Star Mile campaign preparations of Arcadia Queen and Regal Power, not to mention Jilton Wednesday Albany Thursday, Esperance Friday, and Narragin Cup Day on Sunday, they've all been either abandoned or transferred. So there is a bit going on, Guru. There certainly is. There certainly is. Um, and the word the word on the street on Monday was that we were probably going to get um, Geraldton in on the Wednesday. So I've completed all the Geraldton form, spent the entirety of Monday just doing the absolute deep dive um, on the races in Geraldton. So um, Tip the transferred. Card. Tip the I'll be very surprised if not, BJ. Uh, and it's been transferred to next next Tuesday, so my uh, my hard work isn't wasted at least. But um, now it's been a funny old week without uh, without racing. It's sort of you set, sort of set your watch around odds going up on the Tuesday, and then your first race at twelve one o'clock on the Wednesday. And yeah, that's, that sort of helps me sort of figure out what day of the week it is. But uh, I've been a little bit lost without it. Well, we are recording the podcast prior to the premier's 11 30 a.m addressed so i guess we're taking a really positive approach glass half full and we're expecting pinjara's simply outstanding magic moons race day to be going ahead this saturday 
I have a tweet uh, from uh, the federal health minister announced that only one community case was detected nationwide, uh, and that was in Melbourne. Um, so I presume that includes WA. That was at 10 past 10 this morning. Mm, that's encouraging. So, Very encouraging. It is. It is. Make, make sure we delete this part of the podcast if uh, when he comes out and he announces this positive <laughs> case. So, uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm going glass. I've been laying horses since yesterday. I've done all the form. I did one of the deepest dives I've done into a Saturday meeting in that long. Um, so I'm going in with a we are running and um, let's get stuck into it type attitude. Mate, what a what a program! It's a it's an absolute thumping oh, thumping ten race card. It's huge and it's huge. um. And we're about to get stuck into Magic Means race day. But before we do, we have to have a quick chat, don't we, about the podcast horse new had? Oh, the uh, yeah, what a brave. Uh, what a good, what a brave, uh, what a brave beginning it was to Newhad's career under Luke Fernie and under the new ownership group. Um, it was funny the the money came, which I uh, I couldn't quite believe. I did a little write up for all the owners, and we've got a nice little uh, little email. Uh, a little email chain going for the owners to um, organise our catch-ups pre-race, post-race, and uh, discuss the chances, what's a suitable price to take, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we didn't, I wouldn't say I gave her a super push in that or anything of that nature. We didn't really go over the top. But, um, yeah, she was backed into um, just about equal second favouritism with uh, Time to Sizzle behind Amelia's Contraire. And um, we're very happy, very happy with the performance. I think with the run she had early and the work she had to do to, to find the one, one, um, which she only got cover for a couple hundred meters. Um, she was well, probably entitled to probably give up the ghost a bit quicker than she did. So, uh, we're very excited going forward and, um, we might hopefully BJ have a race for her on Wednesday and hopefully we can draw an alley. An alley would be nice. We're in the process of getting the new, the very flash new one one colours oh. made up. So, hopefully, right uh, Gannons can um, supporting the the local business here with the, our colours in Gannons. If uh, if they can get uh, produced in time for Wednesday, then she'll be going around in the uh, red with the blue disc. So, looking forward to that. But geez, it was a fun day on Saturday. Like I saw uh, for those of you. Just to paint a picture, Terry walked in with about twenty of the of the very sharp new one one hats under his arm and parked up in the stone motherless. And we were gradually joined by members of the new had syndicate and uh, got to meet a whole heap of new people. Very enthusiastic and uh, a little bit anxious pre race, but um, got to get into the mounting yard. Uh, spoke to Carleen Heffel briefly, uh, Luke Luke Fernie briefly, who was actually on strapping duties, which was um, which was interesting to see the the um, our trainer strapping new hat on Saturday. But um, uh, the very the most encouraging thing not only was the performance uh, excellent from a starting point, but um, post race we all sort of marched down to the Stone Muddlers and it was um, it was a very good atmosphere down there for about half hour to an hour after after the last, after the get-out stakes. And, um, yeah, as you said in your um, email that you went out to owners last night, it's going to be – it's obviously a group that's going to be able to celebrate a win if and when that uh, that happens, Terry. So. Yeah, it was. It was a good group of uh, – a good crew, wasn't it, all yeah. in all? It was uh, a good mixture of characters down there. And, um, geez, I would have stayed a lot longer after the last, but I was already running significantly late uh, to an engagement that, say, that evening. But um, no, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with her. And, um, well, I guess time will tell whether we can go and actually watch her on Wednesday. That mm. might be a different story. But um, 
yes, I'm I'm very excited about uh, every aspect. Uh, and you, you talk about being a little bit anxious pre-race. I reckon the most two anxious blokes were uh, yourself and myself, BJ, just thinking, geez, if if she can't walk here and uh, we, uh, we've we got about 25 blokes all wearing our hats, and probably uh, it would have been a tougher time <laughs> post-race. But uh, seeing, her, seeing her put in a pretty, uh, a pretty reasonable performance behind a pretty sharp sprinter like Time to Sizzle, um, we're excited about what's to come. Yes, yeah, there was a whole heap of um, the new one one hats floating around Ascot Racecourse as well. So um, they they came up a treat. Big thanks to Daniel Sadik and everyone at uh, Mecca Sports for knocking them. Mm. These are the new edition of the one one tracker mm. hats, and they look mint just quietly. So um, red hot, yeah, they're very very flash. Um, before we move on to the preview, we have to quick mention Riley Morgan. He just slotted in perfectly to the one-one last week. Very impressive debut performance, and um, yeah, it was great to great to have him on. And of course, the young gun series, the uh, yeah, tipping series, I guess. Betfair kicked off last week as well, Terry. Certainly did. Uh, Dot was brilliant last week, wasn't he? Yeah. I've um, the only times I've really met Riley uh, was over a few beers at the races, so it's always a little bit. Um, you never know how someone will. Uh, well, basically be when they haven't had a few beers, to be honest with you. But uh, he was absolutely brilliant. It was a difficult tipping card for all. Uh, I think the only person, I've got to give him a little plug here. We get stuck into him, BJ, every single week is Brad Bet. Uh, we get stuck in when he makes a, a little bit of a stuff up with his early odds. And last week, uh, I reckon you might find he picked the eyes out of the card. He was one of very few punters who did pick the eyes out of the card. He, he, had, a bit of a strut, he had a bit of a strut up on, oh. at the races on Saturday. Oh, the strut's probably an understatement. You should yeah. have seen him on su- on Sunday. We snuck out for a very quick post uh, pre lockdown beer, and um, yeah, he struggled to uh, fit in and out of the uh, the venue we were at. But um, <laughs> he went up. Uh, I think you got to give him credit for the kiss on all four cheeks price. He went up a dollar eighty. We all laughed, saying, "Geez, this will trade four or five bucks." Um, <laughs> Cripper laid it at three forty. Uh, I would have probably done something similar. I mean, as I said on last week's podcast, I wanted to be on, but I wanted to take four dollars plus, and obviously that wasn't what. It wasn't to be. So we give him a hard time. Brad picked the eyes out of a very difficult card, but um, we're going to get him this week because uh, it won't happen twice in a row because uh, his darts won't be as sharp this week. Yeah, well, I reckon if there was award f- an award for getting the most things wrong on one particular program, I think I would have been in the running last week. It was – it was well. – <laughs> <it was>, uh, <laughs> It was I, a tough I reckon one. I might have got you. I reckon I might have got. I reckon I might have got you last week. So yeah, might have got you. Declared to everyone that I thought New Had was a an each way special and just decided to load her the win. And um, I think, but the entire day was a difficult day on the pump. But as you said, the Young Gun Rising series, uh, very excited. None of the lads got to collect last week. Um, they've all sent their bets in today. And as we go race by race, when one of their bets does come up, I will mention it. Um, during the uh, during the preview of that particular race, so looking forward to uh, sharing what the boys have this week, and hopefully we can um, get a few of them off the mark. So the young guns, of course, Riley Dot Morgan, who uh, yeah Dot. made a spectacular start to his uh, podcasting career last Saturday. Latham Anderson and uh, Tommy Johnston as well. So they are the they are the trio. Hopefully we get. Um, Tommy and Latham on the show in the weeks to come. And as Terry said, their, uh, their bets for this week's Magic Moons programs will be read out as the preview rolls on. Two more things before we start. Pinjara, Perth Cup winner Nerf Bosk, Terry. He is racing in the Group 3 $160,000 Carline Cup at Caulfield on Saturday. He flew out to Melbourne alongside Dom to shoot and Laverod, the Sean and Jake Casey uh, 
duo. And um, yeah, so Nerf Bosk is in Melbourne and he will be lining up at Caulfield on Saturday. And lastly, we lost a real statesman of West Australian racing with Dixie Solly passing away during the week. I'm sure, no doubt, Terry, being the uh, great southern racing enthusiast you are, that you've had many a collect on the uh, Dixie Solly trained horses over the journey, trained a hell of a lot of winners, whether it being Port Hedland, Robin, uh, Albany, Mount Barker and beyond. But um, he was a real contributor to the industry via the Albany Racing Club, of course, uh, the Port Hedland Turf Club, the Great Southern Owners and Trainers Association. He um, he was also um, a big supporter of the Country Racing Association. He did him and the Solly family did a lot of good work over the years and and really um, really put in uh, a lot of tireless and selfless efforts into into the industry over many many years. Terry. Yeah, very sad news. I um, I knew very little of Dixie Solly apart from obviously having a uh, bet on his horses regularly. And as you said, had a few good collects on Dilly, uh, Dixie's over the journey. But um, the outpouring uh, of support and um, emotion on Twitter has told a story for me personally about what he's done for the industry. So um, sad news, BJ. Yeah, passionate advocate for WA racing and uh, and country racing as well. And uh, yeah, so there's going to have to be plenty of slack picked up to replace people like Dixie Sully. So um, big thanks to his contrib- contributions to the industry over, over the decade. So let's get uh, moving on to this preview, Terry. It's time to partner with Betfair and preview Magic Millions Day at Pinjarra. We're recording the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. It's just after 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 4th of February. Please check the Chris website for all the latest on changes to the upcoming schedule. But we can say that the Narogen Sunday meeting, this is minus the Narogen Cup, will now be run at Ascot on Sunday with replacement Albany and Geraldton meetings coming up on Monday and Tuesday, respectively. Have you seen the forecast? Mm, Wet? Oh, very wet, 10 to 30. Is that right? Yeah, so it'll uh, a Narogen a Narogen meeting at Ascot 10 to 30. I think that's where we shine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Cannot wait. I think there's some 46 plus handicaps there that we can sink yeah. our teeth into. <laughs> so wow, this uh, this could get me. this could get uh, fascinating on a wet mm. Ascot on Sunday. But um geez, that would top off a interesting week. Um torrential rain on the weekend after after uh, bushfires and everything else that's been going on so it's uh, it's all happening over here on the west coast certainly is and bj stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the mundaring hotels wa racing mastermind and market city meets get out stakes competitions bit of housekeeping terry if you'd like to read my pre-markets preview the leg up it was a, it was, it was a hard slog getting through marathon. the leg up yesterday. It was a marathon, mm. all right. Um, if you want to read the leg up anyway, jump on to bestbets.com.au and or the Ozrace website. The leg up's been out since seven a.m. this morning. While two of the very, very best, Terry Layton, Daniel Cripps, they'll be teaming up for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair hub. That's betfair.com.au. Also, the one one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review, Mr. Ryan. Let's get cracking, Terry. So it's Magic Millions Race Day, 10 events, absolute thumping day. 
um, in the Peel region of Western Australia. A good four, but there might be a few showers later in the day. Rail back in the true. Terry, Pinjarra has been a very happy hunting ground for you this season thus far. What insight can you provide the listeners onto how you expect the track to play on Saturday? Well, first of all, old uh, Jeffy Newman, whoever is updating the bomb website these days, hasn't given us uh, hasn't given us much of a uh, much clarity. Zero to eight millimeters means it might rain. It uh, might piss down. It also may not rain at all. So, um, I think we're probably best just allowing for uh, some rain beginning at about eleven o'clock. But if there hasn't been rain prior to the meeting, the track shouldn't be too affected. So um, I'm just going to allow for a completely fair track. It's going to be only 25 degrees and not too hot a day. The track's played really nicely all season. Um, I'm of the opinion on the 14th of January that the rail played off. The inside plaid played a little bit off, but that's... um, that's open to conjecture, um, that particular theory is. But the rail goes back to true here, and the two times they've raced at the true this season, um, it's been um, it's been spot on fair. So let's allow for a fair track. But there's a couple of wet trackers throughout the uh, the meeting who actually already don't mind, and um, will probably only get only will get keener on those runners if um, the precipitation does uh, eventuate. Okay, we'll cover that in due course, no doubt. So we kick things off with a. Maiden. Here we go. A straight, go. a straight one thousand meter maiden at Pinjo. This is the high gain maiden. The uh, the day commences early start eleven forty eight a.m. Just a reminder that we're assuming the meeting going ahead, and it'll be, if it does go ahead, it will be without crowds. Is that what your is that what your mail yep. is, Terry? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. without crowds. So it'll be participants um, only. And uh, yeah, we kick things off down the straight thousand, Terry. What um what what do you what do you what can we can we get off to a flyer here or what? Well, the fact that we know crowds here, we can ride off the horses that are the show ponies because uh, <laughs> they they won't be overly interested in performing in front of empty stands. But um yeah, I actually don't mind. This is a start to the day. Uh, it's it's a very obviously a pretty uh, pretty unique start to the day. Uh, the key thing with the straight races this season, obviously most seasons, but this season it seems more prominent than ever. Um, I think I spoke about this last week. Was the outside fence is really really uh, the place to be? It's worth panels. Um, the middle the middle of the surface i've got it down as neg five lengths but it really could be even um it could be even worse than that once your horse starts paddling down the center of the surface you're you're completely cooked um i think you'll find in this race that most of the support will be around talon who went super last time in behind i hope you dance um back to his home track at pinjara he'll be suited but it's his first go down the straight so one of my rules down the straight is I'm not too keen on taking the shorts about a horse first time down the straight, especially one like Talon. He's a, not a bad horse, but he's, he's no superstar. Um, Pikey and the Pierce's combined with super love. That'll be well in the market. Drawn nine. So again, has drawn well for the straight race. Thought the trial was only fair, but previous form's good enough to be very competitive here. And uh, I think she has to be hard to beat. But again, I'm not going to take the shorts about a horse first time down the straight. Uh, and then the third horse in the market is Wise Cracker, who uh, actually finished ahead of Elite Street in May of this year, BJ. So uh, that, that form doesn't... Uh, Behind the too. mighty Mirth and Music. Mirth, Mirth and Music. What a, uh, yeah, and Elite Street didn't... Didn't run a hole that day. So uh, incredible, incredible stuff. But, um, yeah, Wisecrack has drawn the four. No trial. And, again, five, six bucks. It's just not um, 
not the type of price or type of bet I look for in these type of races, but uh, I think we might have found one at a little bit of a price here. Here we BJ. go. Here we go. Yes, a little bit of a price. I think we're going to actually wait for Betfair because I don't think the 20 odd bucks is going to be your, your peak number either. So there's a horse in this called Storm Thief. Um, Brett Pope, so locally trained. We always like a locally trained galloper, don't we, BJ? Stable mate um, of the favorite. Tell him. It is stable mate of the favorite. Exactly right. Um, so if we go back and this is a, this is a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> I think you need, I think you need to have a little bit of a stretch uh, down, down the straight at a thousand. I said, I reckon this will trade at 40 bucks plus. So we don't need to have much on here. Um, if you go back to, uh, his trial in March of, uh, 2020, uh, he trialed in third behind Igarashi and Aberdeen Queen, uh, arguably a better trial than the pair of them. Um, obviously those two horses, especially Aberdeen Queen have gone on to make that form look pretty good. He then, BJ, now this is, this is probably the key bit of information. He then went down the Lark Hill and you know how they, tri- uh, they trial down at the straight at the back? Yes. So he went and trialed down the straight. So this is proof that he can go on a straight line for the uh, 1,000 metres or 950 metres of that trial. Um, and he's beat Expressionist under a pretty good hold. He trialed like a rocket. He trialed like an absolute rocket. He's come out first up. He's come out first up and started a clear third favourite behind Giant Leap and beat the bro. Um, a clear, clear third favourite. Wisecracker, who's in this race, was um, was longer in the markets than he was that day. He didn't go so well. Uh, he he just he plotted away to the line. Um, they quickly got him up to a staying journey. And I, I'm under the impression he was beaten 11 uh, and 21 at his last two before a spell. I'm under the impression he's probably not a stayer. Let's look at his best performances. Let's, I, I just, I just think what, that was what gives little, you, what gives you that idea, Terry? It's just, just an inkling I have just, just a feeling. I, I can't quite quantify that one, BJ, but uh, look back down here to the straight fresh. If you look at those two trials, those two trials probably start him close to favorite here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. He might not be able to walk, but um, I'm happy having something on Storm Thief. And I don't think this is one that the uh, the data punters or anything of that nature will find. So I can't imagine there being any type of real money for Storm Thief. Uh, so, yeah, look for some cricket score odds like. This is why you are the guru, mate, going very deep to find some value in the, uh, in the high gain maiden to kick things off on Magic Millions race day. For the leg up, I just went pretty safe. I thought that uh, first up, super love from drawing the right side of the of the track. Thought it's uh, got a good workout in its lead up barrier trial recently with Chris Graham in the saddle. William Pike goes on. I think um, I think he's just gonna get a, maybe tuck in and get a nice little bit of cover going down the straight the uh, the first time. I think Super Love is going to be able to be produced at the right time. Probably going to look the winner at some stage. I'd be very surprised if she doesn't finish top three. Ticks, ticks quite a few boxes. Not super confident or anything of that nature. Terry, just having a look at the current prices, $5 is is um, is okay for a Pike Pierce Brothers horse drawn the right side of the track. Hasn't done a lot wrong in her three outings thus far. I think that was um, going to be a pretty good form reference, that Lark Hill My Hidden Journey January 25 trial. I thought the time was there and there's going to be a bit coming out of that. So Super Love's going to give you uh, going to give you a run for your money. At um, You could probably go each way, $5 and $2 at the moment. I think, um, think she is the uh, safe way to play the opening event. And I just... I just thought that its tiff could be a bit of value. Mm. Has some um, straight thousand meter form. Pinjara is probably going to begin well. Be hard up on the fence leading up the field with Chris Graham claiming two. It's going to be in the right spot. 
has track and distance form, was probably in the wrong part of the track in that imprudent race last start. Um, yeah, uh, currently $14. I expect to be a bit longer perhaps on the day. So for me, I think it's going to be the safe way to go is super love, but I wouldn't be surprised to see It's Tiff run a race at a price. Yes, it's Tiff's the second bet, actually, BJ. You're bang on there. If you actually chuck uh, that last run uh, where she drew barrier one down the straight, if you chuck her out to barrier nine and put her on the fence, she probably wins that race. Yeah. That's uh, that's what the difference is. So, and that's um, where she's going to be on Saturday, yeah? Exactly right. She should just be leading him hard on the fence here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty keen. She's got the two kilos off, just the 54. It's funny. You look at her last three gates. She's drawn 2-1-1 one, one, this yeah. campaign down the straight, and you think, oh, that's, you know, that's a pretty good um, – that's a pretty good draw so far this campaign, but they're, they're the three worst gates she could have. Uh, basically, she could have got. So um, yeah, I think we can. Uh, I think we can speculate on its tips as well. It'll be interesting to see what the what the money does um, uh, for a couple of these because I do expect Super Love to start pretty close to favourite as well. So um, Storm Faith and a Storm Thief, sorry, and uh, a little bit on its tip for me at both at big prices. Okay, so when I moved on to race two yesterday, mm. I felt like I got hit with a sledgehammer because I thought if this what if this is what Magic Moon's race day is going to be like, then we're going to be in for a hard slog in front of the computer. Well, um, this 2,000 meter graduation handicap, 14, 14 plus four emergencies. It's, um, it's got a massive weight spread with a 62.5 top weight, 54 and a half minimum. Uh, gee whiz, there's a lot of horses putting up their putting up their hands as genuine winning chances here, Terry. Um, yeah. There's a bit yeah. happening here, Terry. I, I thought the, the interesting part of the race was probably going to be who's going to lead. Um, that was yeah. that was something that I was sort of struggling with um, when I was doing my speed map as there's no real genuine leader and I thought maybe Mitchell Pateman on uh, our idol might take up the, uh, the ghost and head forward from a high draw. Yeah, that's the first thing I want to discuss as well, BJ, was the map. It's um, ever since we've had Scotty Embry on the podcast a few weeks ago, and we're always trying to uh, pick up little nuances and learn. And hearing Scotty talk about um, just lacking confidence either in deciphering a race with a lack of speed or following the form from a race with a lack of speed, this, this is the major issue for me with punting on this race. I can't accurately determine or accurately predict uh, or confidently predict, I should say, um, how this race will be run. I'm expecting our idol, as you said, to roll forward. They'll, they'll do a map themselves. They'll say they've got the opportunity to uh, go forward. Carleen Heffel goes on Mexicola, big lumping type of lad. Uh, I don't know how quick he is out the gates, but I reckon that appointment might be to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, on that fella and potentially go forward. Um, we saw Baron Magic make a mid-race move. I think if Peter Hall can stoke him up, he actually jumped pretty well last start. It's not impossible. He rolls forward, but yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways this speed map could go. A few of those drawn wide um, might want to land closer to the speed. Pambella might want to get a spot, doesn't get a spot, ends up having to continue to roll forward and lead or breeze. So this is a, uh, a sticky old map and a race where you probably don't want to try and analyze um, the speed map all too much. Uh, I, I don't have any really strong thoughts here. I'm, I'm of the opinion Aberdeen Queen isn't going to be a 2,000-meter horse. Um, okay. Her class might just about win her this race, but um, I, I think she's going to be about a 1,400-meter uh, horse where you can see that uh, electric turn of foot she has. So I'm looking, to, willing to look around Aberdeen Queen here. Uh, I don't think ATM, I don't think Beat the Bell, I don't think those two runners are going to stay. Um, again, they're two horses who I think their strength is sitting and sprinting, um, probably at a max trip of the mile. So I don't think either of them get the two. 2000 
Look, I, I'm very boringly just going to land on Cousin Ivan, sort of out of default to some degree. Um, I've marked him four bucks, so he's basically bang on the price I've marked him, so he's not a bet for me. Just at this point in time, does have to carry the grandstand, but um, Pikey will be patient midfield from barrier four. One thing I really like about Holly Taylor, and she's shown with a small team, is she can get her horses up to uh, up to a staying trip and successful at a staying trip pretty quickly. Cousin Ivan won the Aquanita, uh, third up, and uh, last campaign, Burning Pride, mm. BJ. She did a good um, job with Burning Pride. Yeah. She did, yeah. Mm. Second up, I think, winning over 2,000 or stiff not to win over 2,000 second up. So um, I always like to note it's a bit of a Darren McCaller thing, getting horses uh, up and rolling at the staying trip. Um, without having to really build up that fitness base because they're obviously doing so at home. So Cousin Dime for me, the horse I've been waiting for and I was really hoping it was going to be over the mile is Avalon Bay. Mm. Um, he has had absolutely no luck for uh, for Robbie Harvey uh, at his last couple. Uh, Vicky Corber looked like she was going to go close both times and got chopped out in the straight on both occasions. Um, if he gets the 2,000 metres, um, I reckon he's going to be really hard to hold out here, BJ, but... Gee whiz, you could make a case for uh, the majority of the field. Uh, I'm just going to look at, uh, see if we can get $4.50 plus Cousin Ivan and the 20 bucks Avalon Bay. Little uh, little play on those two, but um, no, not overly enthusiastic here, Bernard. Yeah, well, it does look, again, um, the safe play does look Cousin Ivan and William Pike uh, in race two of the day. The 61.5 is offset by the draw, isn't it, Terry? Like in... And he's Soft. yeah, and he's you, you know what um, that pike is just going to conserve, and no one is better at knowing how much fuel is left in the tank. So he um, he's going to conserve, enjoy an economical run, and um, I just I think it, just imagine that it's just going to be galloping room. He just won't want to get held up or pratted. That's the biggest issue with weight is um, is. It's important just to have that uninterrupted flow, that momentum into the race, and Pikey will be well aware of that. And I'm sure, I'm sure when three wide lines form and uh, maybe even four wide lines form, that Pikey will be will be rolling into the race with momentum. And you look across, it's like 61.5 is a lot of weight, but a lot of the other horses are up in the weights as well, Terry. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, exactly right. Like Avalon Bay's got 59. Aberdeen Queen is a mare. So effectively, she's got the same weight as cousin Ivan um, because she gets the the two kilos off, and uh, they're not claiming with her either. So War last start winner in this grade rises to fifty nine. I mean, yeah, basically all the other chances are fifty eight and above. So it's not as if there's a there's a horse that's getting a huge uh, weight swing against um, cousin Ivan, and just with Pike on the soft draw, right rising to the. Uh, the 2,000 metres third up just looks like a real quality star in the making. I just feel as though Cousin Ivan's just going to find a way to grind this out and and uh, and get the win, Terry. Yes, yes, I'm uh, I'm with you. Uh, the soft draw definitely um, does offset the weight. Uh, I actually spoke to uh, – I was going in the mountain yard to um, – uh, before Dig Deep's last run, it was just after Cousin Ivan ran and um, I actually had a chat to Pikey and he he said he got flushed a bit early and he, he didn't think it was his best last year on Cousin Ivan. That was when Zatorio, uh, tipped by Travis Murray as well, actually. Zatorio. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't fit the, the rising star criteria. Otherwise, he <laughs> might have been one we could have had in the uh, the competition. He's uh, he's a st- he's know, a star in his own right, Travis Murray. He, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. He certainly is. Um, but yeah, he was just flushed a little bit early. So I'm always worried. I don't really want to chime in too heavily um, with the sixty one and a half. If I saw a five bucks, I'd feel 
more comfortable about having a, a reasonable little go. But um, I you run this race twenty times, you get different races. Exactly. Different yeah. I priced for what it's worth. I priced cousin Ivan four fifty. I think that was uh, that's um, worth dipping in. And obviously, there's a whole heap of ch- whole heap of other chances. And um, maybe the only the only thing that you could you, you sort of mentioned that Mexicola with Carleen Heffel was probably. Drops three kilos already, then drops another three kilos with her claim. So I suppose you could, you know, from a weight point of view, fitter, rolling forward, the sta- uh, stable mate of Aberdeen Queen, you can maybe make a lightweight case for Mexicola. But for me, I think this is a Cousin Ivan, Aberdeen Queen type situation. So they look the two uh, class runners and I reckon they're going to probably fight out the finish. Yep, Cousin Ivan for me, a bit of value Avalon Bay if you want to chase one each way, hoping he can stay. All right, race three is the BNL contracting handicap. Another wide open handicap. The uh, the market, story of the day. Yeah, the market has been has been very interesting and sort of um, I guess mirrors mine to an extent. I think I was five dollars the field, Terry, or maybe even five fifty the field. I'll double check. Mm-hmm. What um, what was your what did your market look like for this one? Uh, well, again, from a speed map point of view, it's uh, it's good being able to do this uh, remote. The one positive, obviously, about miss apart from. Missing you is a major negative, BJ. But uh, the one positive is being able to actually go through my notes properly uh, on my large screen in front of me as we do this. But um, from a speed map point of view here, uh, Whack and Tanker uh, will try and kick up and hold the front. Uh, Peppy Jack, to me, and correct me if you uh, disagree, I think Peppy Jack looks the only uh, challenger uh, for a spot in the top two. So I think Whack and Tanker either ends up leading or um, Whack and Tanker isn't the quickest horse out of the gate. So if Peppy Jack might be out to cross, but um, Peppy Jack half the time actually does prefer to sit outside of horses. It looks like she's a real fighter. Yeah. Um, he, he is a real fighter. Um, Sorry. So I, uh, I'm expecting those two to take it up and there isn't a great deal of pressure from there. Um, Stella Rand from nine with the blinkers on will be ridden more aggressively, but might get caught deep. Uncle Dick showed gate speed in a recent trial, but is likely just to hold up uh, leaders back, maybe three back defense, pending what else jumps in between them. But look, I, I just think there's not enough in this race to look outside of Peppy Jack um, and, and the mapped horse here. Mm. Um, Peppy Jack to me is a horse who reached his mark. Um, he won the class five on the 13th of December, knocking off Beret. He then came out and won the Mandra Cup. So he's gone bang, bang, and he's picked up eight points or the equivalent of four kilos. What I find very, very interesting with Peppy Jack, and it actually quite surprised me, is in his last 21 starts, BJ, they've never claimed on Peppy Jack. So I reckon Peppy Jack reached his mark as the non-claimer. They're now using the three kilos or the equivalent of six points and taking him back under his mark, if that makes sense, BJ. So I think they're going to roll forward. I think you're losing nothing, McNaught to Heffel on a horse that's going to lead or sit in the breeze. I think yeah. horses are running brilliantly for Carlene at the moment. So I think this is what I like to call a free three kilos. Um, you know, he's been up for, I think he's been up for about 12 months, Peppy Jack. So bound to pop at some stage but um <laughs> trying to trying to predict him popping is is completely unnecessary because he's uh he's racing super at the moment uh he's only numerically bad run in his last five or in his even longer than that uh was in the fitzpatrick a he dropped back 1200 b he missed the kick and c he was huge hitting the line yeah. that day so yeah. um look i've marked and and the fact that there's the potential for rain to come around and we know that Peppy jack's a far better swimmer 
ticks a lot of boxes. He's three from seven at Pinjari. He ticks to me, PNRC ticks basically every box that I'm looking for here. So um, I, I've marked Peppy Jack $3.70. So at around $5.50, BJ, um, I've got no issues having a, uh, a pretty confident bet on, uh, on Peppy. Got a bit of pep in my step. Yeah, you're right about Carlene, uh, especially on these horses rolling forward. Uh, yeah, Peppy Jack's either, as you mentioned in your spiel, he's either going to lead, cross Whack and Tanker, or Whack and Tanker's going to kick up and try and hold the lead, and Peppy Jack is going to breeze. And, and he's a pretty good breeze horse, Peppy Jack. It was interesting the other day when he was pressured prior to the turn. He looked like he was going to drop out and run last, and somehow he, um, he kept fighting on, and I think he was only beaten just – just shy of a length and a half behind Be Quick. Um, it was a funny old run, wasn't he? Just sort of, um, sort of, yeah, just sort of didn't corner all that well. Got, might, have, might have got on the wrong leg or something. But um, I think he felt the fifty nine as perhaps, well. Yeah, um, yeah, he felt the fifty nine a little bit. So and that was uh, and that I was Carlene on um, Be Quick. That was serving it up to Peppy Jack as well. And uh, it certainly so, was. Yeah. So yeah. Three from five at the track distance. Peppy Jack is um, obviously a, a genuine winning chance. I ended up going for the hometown Brett Pope returning to, I think, might have been last year's Pinjara Magic Moons Day. I think between us, between us, we tipped Brett Pope to train the card. But I don't think he had one winner. But um, I, I quite like Fire Sale in this race. I, um, I don't think he had a place getter. I don't think he did. You're right. You're right. I Danny don't, George, yeah. Fire Sale, The Maiden, I Hope You I Dance. I Hope You Dance, yeah. This is all from the top of my head. But, yeah, yeah. I reckon he had four or five favourites and yeah. may not have ran a place. Yeah, I think you're right. It might not have been Tough this day. meeting or it might have been the, the post-Perth Cup Pinjara Saturday meeting. But, um, mm. but yes, so getting back to Brett Pope, he, he does have a very good record at his home track, understandably, of Pinjara. I thought Fire Sale, very stiff not to win in, in this – graduation company, what was that, two starts ago. There was a few horses who were in the same boat in that no surrender race, but um, he then came out, made amends with a midweek victory, Mitchell Pateman over the mile. I um, So it's been 17 days since that win. I feel as though Mitchell Pateman's going to land midfield with a bit of cover, rolling into the race, fanning into the middle of the track. Fire Sale has won both of his last two appearances at Pinjarra. He um, he has a he has a strong Pinjarra fourteen hundred meter profile, and I feel as though Fire Sale um, has the closing speed to maybe gun down a horse like Peppy Jack late. Um, there's a few horses that you could throw a blanket across. Uncle Dick's a very interesting runner. His trial form was absolutely legless, but he was very heavily backed when he won on debut. He won again. He was beaten a lip uh, third up, and then he was pretty brave in that Aquanita Stakes, won by Cousin Ivan before a spell. I thought his trial behind a horse that we're going to be talking about at length later in the program, Indigo Blue at Lark Hill on the 25th of January, uh, was excellent. So he's going to be a fascination. First up for Lindsay Smith and Paul Harvey, gate one. The market's going to tell a real story about Uncle Dick, I, I, I imagine. However, in saying that, Excellent Dream was out the door last Saturday, Terry, from a market point of view. Um, 18 bucks. It was 18 bucks, was it? On, 18 Betfair SP, yeah. Uh, and um, one, uh, one was a really strong victory. I, I don't even think it got in, actually. I think it was three wide the entire and, and still found a way to win. But Follow the market leads with Uncle Dick first up. Um, could be a could be a horse with um, 
with significant upside. And what what do you what can you do with Bogart? I'm happy to oppose him. He he might win, yeah. but he can win without me. And um, what about Moses? Is racing really well. Maps to get the run of the race as well. I just reckon Moses might kill lack, a blow. A, lack a bit of a um, killer blow. Yeah, a bit of killer instinct yeah. there. But he's going to run run well regardless. But for me, I just feel as though midfield cover. Tracking, fanning, fire sale has the has the gate speed on his home deck to um to to launch late. Does love his home deck, doesn't he? Old uh, old fire sale. Um, definitely finds a length or two there. Ten dollars. Um, very- ten dollars in a wide yeah, open. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I must admit, I've already chopped on fire sale this morning. Yep. Um, basically just back to get what I will invest on Peppy Jack back because I've got fire sale closer to seven fifty. Um. But yeah, Uncle Dick's the hardest horse in this market to place um, because I mean, he's one that could start three dollars twenty, and he could start twelve, thirteen bucks on the exchange late. So, do you um, think? I, do you think they'll lead on Mickey Blue Eyes again, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I think Mickey Blue Eyes probably isn't impossible either. When they ride him cold and he repeats that first up effort, uh, you got to remember he started about three dollars sixty last yep. start to the chagrin. All the people that took the 10 bucks on green tab and then watched him lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's another one that I reckon a few punters will come come towards uh, on that first up effort. And you, you've got to be happy to put a line through that second up outing. So, um, but for me, BJ, I, I'm really keen Peppy Jack. Uh, I love a map horse. I love the claim. Mm. I love the fact we might see some rain. I love the fact he loves Pinjara. For me, he ticks every single box I'm looking for um, to have a good bet. And there's a bit of meat on him at 556 bucks. I think we can, um, yeah, I think we can get a collect here. Very good. I'm with Fire Sale, uh, Brett Pope, Mitchell Pateman. And the another fascinating runner before we move on is Paris St. George. I don't know what's going on with him. His first two runs have been poor, but his best is uh, is very good and um, be interesting to see if David Harrison can turn him around. Looking to see a bit more from him moving forward as his pro, uh, preparation progresses. Yeah, the biggest concern with uh, Paris and George for me was Harvey didn't even really sit up on him that much last start. He continued to ride him out to the line. He was mm. still beating over 10. So blinkers off. And I hate when the blinkers go off a horse that has his best form with the blinkers on. To me, they're just out of options. He's just it's, not going that well this prep. But it's, uh, he's, it's I've funny, got him on notes. He's probably the best horse in there. He's probably yeah. the best horse in the race. It's funny, though. There have been a few David Harrison runners lately who have been in the market who have been beaten huge margins. So a um, couple of two-year-olds. Um and uh, a few other so and then so it's been a very hard stable to get get a guide on lately. I think Harrison. So um, maybe there's uh, I know there has been some some viruses going through some stables at at various various stages. So maybe Power of St George is um, has been a victim to something of that. I'm just speculating, but his 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 two runs this prep have, have been well below what we expect of him, and um, a couple of short price two year olds as well have have performed poorly from this from the same yard. So interesting to see if um, if the Harrison Yard can click into gear. Because they do love a Magic Millions race day at uh, Bridge Patrol um, Stables, so um, I think it's time we move forward on to race four, Terry. Yes, race number four, another special. It's just special after special. I tell you what, I haven't been excited about a Saturday meeting for a while, and uh, I had a feeling when we we came back to Pinjara, mm-hmm. when we came back to Pinjara, that uh, there'd be. Uh, It'd be a couple that we like, and there's a bit of meat on the bones of some of these prices. So this we're, is we're pretty. This is what Saturday racing should be, shouldn't it? Like this oh, is this, this is, is just, premium stuff going on here. Right? It's great, it's just tremendous. Yeah, it'd be it's, if if we could uh, if we could um, roll out this this type of action week in week out on Saturdays, then WA racing would be absolute punters paradise. If it isn't already, just want to 
bottle this and uh, and just serve it up week after week. But anyway, race four, the Pierce Racing Yearling Parade, 21st of February. We had the sales uh, in a week and a half's time. I think we're trying to jag a table with Luke and probably spend more money that I don't have on a couple of four-leggers. But um, Pause, pause. How many horses How many horses are you involved in at the moment, Terry? Uh, I have a spreadsheet somewhere. I think it's I think it's eleven or twelve. Oof. So um, we've just bought uh, we've just bought Cripper. We got Cripper involved in a horse. Cripper's he was actually the one leading the charge. And a few are pretty a few likely lads. Chrissy Nelson from Punter, Dane Hollingworth's involved. Uh, we've just bought um, what do we got? Thirty percent of thirty about thirty percent of Fair Justice uh, from Graham Yule. So we'll have another one to talk about. And do you know what the funny thing is? The last time Fair Justice ran, do you know who it beat? New ad, brave. New ad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that form holds up, to be honest with you. So, and you got Cripper um, involved in a horse. Well, he, no, he got me involved. Oh, in wow. Because he's obviously the Yules and the, the Crips is obviously quite close and there was a share available and um, we thought it was pretty good shopping. So, um, yeah, we've jumped in. Graham's got a big opinion of the horse and Graham's a very good trainer. He obviously just has a small team. So we're, um, yeah, pretty excited. Hopefully Bunbury Cup Day, BJ, might be the day we debut. That's a... It's a speculative date for now, but we're looking at Bunbury Cup potentially. So anyway, moving on, we can talk about him in a few weeks' time. Mm. Um, 1,400 metres here. Uh, the very interesting little 60-plus. I reckon this will be another race full of um, varying opinions. Obviously, a lot of people will be pretty keen on Giant Leap uh, up to the 1,400. One, Lactar's one go on Giant Leap. He sat deep the trip. Uh, and one like Winks, albeit he, <laughs> sure did. albeit he beat absolutely he beat absolutely nothing that day, but it was still a fairly uh, authoritative victory uh, on a wet track as well, which is important to note. Uh, beat the Bros, always a horse popular in the market. Rumraker was a really nice steer from Troy Turner last uh, last time out, but he actually had something in the tank when winning that race, so yep. he should be better at fourteen hundred, undefeated at the track. Beret's a horse who continually comes in for support. Last four runs, $3.30 favourite, $1.60 favourite, $2.90 favourite, $2.50 favourite. Only successful one of those four. So not really the punter's pal, Beret. Uh, that's funny as. Likely leader. Uh, was likely leader and was huge, 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 huge last start. Copped the running rail. Um, had no right to kick back like uh, like he did over the final 50 metres. And if you watch his 50 pass the post, he was absolutely bolting. Bruce Almighty finds the breeze. Uh, and then heels are plenty as one I can't have personally, uh, but Pikey sticks, which is quite interesting. I wonder if he was offered the ride on Beret or if he's just ridding, uh, if he's just riding, sorry, for um, the Simon Millie out a little bit more. So this meeting, um, but I am very keen on the one I haven't mentioned, and uh, that is clearly comfort me, BJ. Now, I don't know if there is a, a horse that's had less luck this preparation than uh, than comfort me. First up over the unsuitable 1100 was big behind Platinum Bullet. Second up drew wide. They went back to last on a day where and a race pattern where you had to lead, you had to lead or be forward to win. Uh, ran huge last sectionals to flood into fifth uh, in the hundred thousand dollar Mandra Cup. Then came out and again ended up a lot further back than they wanted to behind Cryptic Love. Cousin Ivan uh, wasn't behind Cousin Ivan. He uh, he finished ahead of Cousin Ivan. Uh, last of the line, Salaya, very nice form reference. And then uh, fourteen days ago, BJ, a bit of a horror watch. Uh, was not Craig Staples' fault in the slightest. He was just unfortunately caught behind a wall of Brutus Maximus and Saucy Jack. And Good old-fashioned uh, roadblocks, eh? Oh, there was just not a gap in the slightest. So, uh, yeah, I think Comfort Me is bolting, absolutely bolting at the moment. 
Um, I think basically what we are punting on here, because the speed map for me is that's funny as leads, brutes almighty breezes. And there's, there's not much else to worry about speed map wise. So comfort me has great gate speed. I'm very confident that Maddie Derrick will land on the back of that's funny as you're basically for me, we're just punting on the fact that she can get it out. Yeah. That's what we're, that's what we're punting on here. I don't like the fact that Chris Parnham is very likely to be on the breeze uh, in the breeze of Bruce almighty Chris and in particular Pikey and, and Paul Harvey. They're the three jockeys. If they're in the breeze and you're on the back of the leader, um, you just don't feel confident you're going to get out. Cause they're very mindful about not letting you out. They're mindful. We're going to keep you in. Yeah, um, They're not going to, they're not going to get out of Maddie's way. Is he Chrissy Parnham? He's no. going to make life difficult. Yep. No, exactly right. So the, probably the most important horse for comfort me to some degree is that's funny as. Yes. If that's funny as, gives the kick. Um, you can shake off Bruce Almighty, then you're going to get that free pass out. Um, and for me, he just uh, he just wins from there. You go back to a run last campaign uh, where he beat Aconite, but it's more importantly he beat Leading Girl that day. And he was held up till about 200 to go, which might happen here. And he was sprinting basically alongside Leading Girl and he out-sprinted Leading Girl home. Uh, so that means he can be held up to the 200, get out and still show the uh, necessary turn of foot to win the race. So, um, yeah, long story short, I'm, I'm very keen comfort <laughs> me, and, and, as you probably gathered, and I've marked him $2.85. So um, four, bucks is, uh, four bucks is heaps. But with all those horses I've mentioned in the race already, um, I suspect that we might uh, we might see that type of price throughout betting because a lot of those will have to take up market percentage. BJ, do you agree? What price you'll comfort me? Take over, please. I'm tiring. I'd comfort me five dollars. Oh, oh. But um, but but uh, was it? Yeah, it was a wide open betting market. I I, I marked Giant Leap favorite three seventy, and um, I'm just gonna. Roll the dice again with this fellow. More of a gut feel thing than anything. Uh, Pikey was um, beaten in a head bobber first up over a thousand. I thought that was an exceptional return. I didn't think it was a really good race for him. Um, thousand meters at Ascot, but um, he exceeded it, my expectations anyway, and very nearly uh, was probably in front before the post and after the post, and just edged out by night voyage on on that occasion. And then he really probably should have. Probably should have won last start, second up 1,400 metres, just got pratted and held up and sort of had to squeeze through between runners and um, ran B quick, I think, to a half length on the line. I actually think this wide draw, this could come back to haunt me, but I think it might be a beneficial for Giant Leap. As Terry said, his best performance uh, was with Lactar Romoli in the saddle. He was three wide, no cover throughout, punching into the breeze and absolutely belted them midweek, Belmont on a, on a wet winter's track. Uh, I think Giant Leap actually has a bit of gate speed, so he can – I'm thinking he can sort of land three wide with cover maybe um, moving forward into the race. Again, it's going to – if if early, if the leaders are railing and giving a good kick, giving a good kick then um, that really sets up the race for Comfort Me, obviously, and uh, he looks the obvious hardest to beat. But for me, I'm just going to back in Team Williams – Lactar Romoli, Giant Leap, a horse I, I have an opinion of. I feel as though if he can stay out of trouble rolling into the race with momentum, then he's going to be mighty hard to beat. So I was Giant Leap on top, comfort me, hardest to beat. I thought the the leader, likely leader, that's funny as, is is, um, is going to give a good kick out in front. Again, Carleen Heffel claiming three, that three kilos is, uh, is going to be gold. Know, it's going to be gold and um, she has a on, – On leaders especially. Yeah, on go forward horses, and she's gonna um, 
she's going to have a say in a lot of the races actually um, at Pinjarra on on Saturday. And um, yeah, so obviously two horse race, giant leap, comfort me. Terry is gone for comfort me, understandably. I'm going gut feel, giant leap. I was about 370. Just want to see what price he is at the moment. It's about 360, 370. About that at the so. moment, okay. I Around that quote. I suspect if, if we can see a price with a four in front of it, that'll do me for, for giant leap. I was actually going to – I chucked up a lay this morning, BJ, you might have seen. I was actually going to chuck up Giant Leap as well at four bucks. But um, just a little bit wary knowing that uh, if the race does pan out, as you said, he'll be the one down the centre of the track making yeah. the big ground. Um, but I love the fact that the two horses I have leading in the breeze, I think are both going reasonably well enough to give me a good kick and take the race away from those back markers yeah. or horses caught deep. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking as well. But one thing we do need to be mindful of, and those punting on the day with Comfort May – Watch for the potential rain and watch how the rail is playing and now where horses are coming. If it if it has absolutely bucketed down earlier than ex, uh, expected and the inside pad is a little bit sloppy, um, I'll, I'll probably lose a little bit of uh, confidence with comfort me. But um, but yeah, that that's that's all it would take for me to lose confidence with comfort me. So pretty keen comfort me head to head. Bj the two favourites, the two favourites. Yeah, I'm just like thought, thought a horse like. Beat the bro, something like that. Might punch forward, lead up a three-wide line, Lackduck and yep. Kentucky, and get a bit of a smother and get last crack at Comfort Me. He'll be, he'll look, I reckon he'll look the winner at, at, at for a long period of the straight. Comfort Me, He's, he deserves to win one soon. Just think Giant Leap might be able to zap him late. Okay. Okay, and BJ, we have the first of our uh, young guns tips for the day. In fact, all three of them have got involved in race four. Um, Riley Dot. Dot's got uh, 40 wins. He's following me in 40 wins on Comfort Me. Uh, all results recorded at Betfair SP as okay. well. Riley Morgan, 40 wins. Yep. Riley Morgan, 40 wins. Comfort Me. Latham Anderson, 60 wins. Comfort Me. Mm, bullish. The lads, yeah, the lads are pretty keen on uh, on Comfort Me. And Tommy Johnson, I tell you what, I'm not sure of the reasoning here. Maybe uh, Tommy usually chucks his tips up. Um, with a little spiel, which I love on Twitter, day or two before the race. So I'm sure we'll see a little reasoning why Tommy's gone this way. But Tommy's got 15 wins on Stormy Ruler. What what price did you have Stormy Ruler, BJ? Uh, 61. Yeah, I had Stormy Ruler. Um, I had Stormy Ruler 200 to one. So, <laughs> um, I, I haven't given it. I haven't given it much of a chance. But uh, I told Tommy if he gets that up, he is the he is the goat. Yeah, he will, he will officially be the goat. And I think he I think it's game over if he gets that up. So um, I, I yeah, he's he's a very uh, a very astute judge, Tommy. So I'm um, yeah interested to see what his thoughts are there. But he, uh, uh, look at that love, stage. Loves a Michael Lane horse too, uh, Tommy Johnson. Mm-hmm. So might be some. Um, some stable stable affinity that going on there, oh, but uh, maybe um, two hundred to one. That'd be epic. That would be uh, yeah, that'd be pretty big stuff. Anyway, BJ, um, it is now time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. That's right, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since eighteen ninety nine. Located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring, uh, post lockdown. Of course, if you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a one-one listener. I believe during lockdown, if this is you know extended or if it just finishes up on Friday night, but regardless, they are doing. They have reverted back to their takeaway uh, menu, which um, they ran during 
COVID last year. So if you need any more information on everything that's going on at the Mundaring Hotel, jump onto their website or their Facebook page. They always keep everything very much up to date. Congratulations to episode 61 WA Racing Mastermind winner, Matt Nowland, um, friend of the podcast. A $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Maddie Nowland, a colourful racing identity. He uh, he nailed all Scenic Blast theme questions correctly on last week's edition of the 1-1. So well done, Maddie, and enjoy that $100 gift voucher when the Mundaring reopens its doors. So to be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. We'll see how good the guru is here because these are mm. a few, few sticky ones here. I'm ready. Question number one. Name the trainer attempting to win a third straight Magic Millions two-year-old classic. Yeah, that's a bit easy. Question two. Name the last Magic Millions two-year-old classic victor to go on and win the Karakata Plate. Wasn't dig deep. <laughs> Got that one, yep. Question number three. Name the now dual licensed jockey trainer who has four Magic Millions three year old trophies to his name. That's the three year old race. You good? Got it. Question four. We'll see how good the guru is here. Name the two horses racing. At Pinjarra this Saturday, well, they've accepted to start anyway, and uh, name those two that were runners-up in past editions of the Magic Millions three-year-old trophy. So there's two horses at Pinjarra on Saturday who finished second in three-year-old trophies in uh, the recent past, and uh, that is question four. So for those well, that's, listeners... That's, we'll, that's slightly more difficult. For those... Listeners are wanting to partake in the WA Racing Mastermind competition. Please direct message your answers to us at the One One Pod on Twitter. And if you get all four questions correctly, you'll be in the running for a one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel, Heart of the Hills, since eighteen ninety nine. Guru, how'd you go with question four? Uh, I've got one of them. I just need to. Uh, can you see my little notepad there? Can you read that? I just need to get the second one. I haven't got the second one yet. So you got the first three questions correct. Question four is horses that have placed in the three-year-old trophies, not the uh, two-year-old. Ah, they've, ah, that was yes. a – yeah, that's a good answer. Though, yeah. Uh, okay, I've got one. Sorry. Uh, this is what people want to listen to me writing things down. Uh, I'll just go one for now. We'll just give you the one. Very good. Yeah. Right. So you got three I'll and a half. Out I'll of come four. up with the other one shortly. Yeah. Yeah. You will, you will. So that is uh, that's the Mundaring for Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind for episode sixty-two. Terry, that's a good question, BJ. That last one, I yeah. like that. Yeah, bit of ingenuity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get stuck into it. We got how many to go? Six to go. Yeah, six. To go. Oh dearie, let's mate. get marching. Um, let's get marching. All right, race five, West Bay Platinum handicap. The handicap over the uh, the 1,300 metres, I'll tell you what, this I found this to be one of the more difficult uh, assignments of the day uh, to attack, BJ. Yeah, um, it felt like a punching bag at this stage of proceedings, Terry. 
I love, I really embraced it. I think I, I just missed, I missed horses. I missed form. Mm-hmm. I missed placing investments. As soon as that, you know, I'd finished the, <laughs> this is how sad I reckon. You know, I'd done the magic millions markets in my ride up by Monday, um, Monday midday, because there was barriers and fields up on Sunday. So I was waiting and checking when the markets go up and messaging Brad, telling him to hurry up to put the markets <laughs> up. Uh, for about midday Monday, saying, "Come on, champ, what's uh, what's going on here?" I must um, I must say that um, just for the listeners out there, on um, Terry sent out a email to the Newhad Syndicate on Friday afternoon, just uh, letting everyone know what was happening uh, for the following race day. On and then he also included his race notes down the bottom of the email, which was both. Um, enlightening and a little bit scary for our new had syndicate just a uh, we got to sample a bit of the goings-on inside the the mind of the perth racing guru it was it was very interesting reading terry the uh, the depth uh, that you go into to preview each and every race in in wa is um straddling the line between genius and insanity i think there terry <laughs> it's a uh, straight jacket top stuff, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> It's it's actually just me talking to myself. There's usually only uh, one person that I uh, I actually send it to, and that's my housemate because he uh, he's not he doesn't mind a little. It's bit good of stuff. A, uh, it's good a stuff. A bit of a punt, but um, yeah, it's definitely straight jacket top stuff. So. <laughs> anyway, so but BJ, that, you would have this... you would have filled reams of paper uh, analyzing this race, but uh, well, yeah. I did. I did, I did. This, In fact, this entire meeting, if you put this into a Word document, it's about 11 pages and no one's going to read it. And nobody will read, nobody will actually read this. So <laughs> I sometimes wonder why I'm doing it, to be honest <laughs> with you. But uh, it helps get my thoughts on the paper and um, and end up coming up with the prices. Clarity, which is all clarity. About, exactly right, exactly right. So again, BJ, let's start with a speed map here. Um, I reckon one thing I love about the day, apart from the last race, which we'll get to, and the staying race we touched on earlier, is to me all the speed maps are really clear. Um, and that's why I think I really enjoy this meeting. This is another race where I think the speed map's pretty clear. Um, tell me if you disagree. Ginger Flyer shades on will lead for Chrissy Parnham and Simon Miller and Scooter's Machine, who has been held up or hasn't led it its last couple. I think they'll be pretty keen with The Apprentice going back on to go forward. So Scooter's Machine in the breeze um, for me. For me as well, Ginger Fire in front, Scooter's Machine, Breeze, Sea Wave leaders back and potentially double spice 1-1, but there's going to be a few horses trying to jam into that position. Yeah, that's exactly how I've got it. BJ. Uh, I think Lock Her In and Lucky Heart from 14 and 16. Lock Her In's trial was about six weeks ago now. So whether they go forward, I do not know. Lucky Heart with the claim 51. Um, I think 52, sorry. I think they'll uh, they'll try and go forward. So I think one of those two will lead a three-wide line. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much pressure they apply there as well and try to make it a bit stickier and give those back markers a um a chance. But there is five horses I, I want to dissect here bj i won't go into them in, in too much depth um but western rhythm was short in the market from the bunbury's meet which was obviously uh rubbed out after race three um i really i, think, I really uh, liked her on sunday actually yeah i i did too yeah. um i did too i it was actually that's funny as at the 750 actually was the bet for me um at that stage i was hoping to back western rhythm on betfair late as well um but uh she's she's been luckless uh all prep she's either been luckless or uh poorly ridden found the wrong just not not much has gone right for western rhythm you know in in a career to date and i mentioned this last night this is a 58 plus race right bj and she's a 58 raider there is no way she deserves to be a 58 raider uh, realistically she's better than that 
Yeah, she should have two more wins. So say seven or eight more points. She probably should be carrying 57, 58. So she's really nicely placed here. Uh, I'm actually quite surprised that uh, Pikey isn't on. It looks like um, Brock Luthwaite and CJP are combining for the entire meeting. So I'd say that would be the reason. Um, Pikey may not have been offered the ride potentially. I, I can't I can't be too sure what's going on there. But um, look, Western Rhythm, there's just a... No, there's just a lack of trust for me with Western Rhythm. Uh, mm. I've I've got it. I've got it at the head of the market, but I've got it at six dollars the field. So I've got it. Um, I've got a pretty open market in that sense. You then got Double Spice. Uh, Double Spice's first up win was absolutely electric. Um, a lot of people have a pretty big opinion of Castillo de Lago, and those two absolutely cleared out um, in a class one. 11 days ago, maps a dream, uh, has wet track form. Uh, my concern is that uh, Double Spice, after his big first up win last campaign, he actually went downhill from there and he uh, he didn't reach the same height. So my only concern is he might be a really good fresh horse and whether he can do it again. Um, 11 days but- between runs as well. Slight query for me. Um, exactly right. Exactly right. But I've got him uh, equal on the top line of betting. Ginger Flyer, I think, has the ability to go forward and they won't see her again. But, I mean, she's 31 days between runs. I I, I struggle with that, uh, with the horse that's going to have to roll forward and lead over the 1,400 metres. Uh, Chrissy Parnham's obviously a nice booking. And the blinkers are huge, especially for the Simon Miller yard. Um, looks like, just looks the, like pressure too, doesn't it, Ginger Flyer? Looks like, looks like pressure. Scooter's machine, three-wide line. Yep. yep. And the uh, and the apprentices on Scooter's machine, and then Lucky Heart, Maddie Derrick as well. Yeah. So the the apprentices tend to apply a little bit more pressure than the seniors um, might do out in front and make it less of a dawdle. So the thirty one days, how fit Simon has her uh, over that final hundred meters will be telling in that sense. But if he has her cherry ripe, she'll be really hard to run down. Uh, and then the other horse we need to talk about is Born to Try, um, Delta Delta Goodrums. Favorite uh, favorite nag BJ. Very interesting <laughs> moves from. Ross Price to Lindsay Smith. It's only 40 days between runs, a raft of gear changes, but one of those is the blinkers on. Mm-hmm. One thing you see when a horse moves uh, stable, they want to see a lot of the time, you see Justin Warwick do it more than others, is they want to see how he or she will perform with no gear on and then sort of adjust from there. The fact we see Pikey go on, the fact we see the blinkers go on, does that give you a feeling they might be serious here? They they might be having a crack here and think we think this horse is going pretty well we can win this race um, that that might be me overthinking it hundred yeah, percent um, this all started with Team Williams as well so this is third mm. stable for Born to Try who looked like being really really good horse early doors um, obviously had has had a series of setbacks um, probably over the last 12, 18 months perhaps and her in her last two preparations her best runs have been when she's been fresh. Um, that mm-hmm. third uh, first up, uh, first up this campaign was uh, was a really really good run, and then she just she was very well fancied to win that um, that race at Pinjarra. She was a three dollar ten favorite second up Pinjarra on December twenty eighth, but a bit of a flat run, wasn't it? But um, but prior to that, in that sweet strawberry La Farola uh, run, that was a that was that ended up being a really good form race, and she's come from last to to flash through and grab third on that occasion. So I imagine Lindsay Smith, blinkers on, pike on. Uh, it's going to get back and it's going to be launching late, I think. Yeah, that's the big query. I mean, even if they have got um, her going as well as she 
can go and she's potentially, as you said, she could be the best horse in this race. Um, she still needs a lot of luck to win from the barrier. So at around six bucks, she's under the odds for me. There's just too, there's too many variables that need to all line up for her to win the race, um, which she definitely can, but um, $6 just isn't, isn't the price it'll get me. Um, the fifth horse I want to discuss, and it's probably not the fifth horse that um, you'd expect that I want to discuss, and it's the one that's well over my price and will be my each way bet in the race. That's number one, Luke's Choice. BJ for uh, Bruce K. Um, that, that's our they, that's our girl again, Carlene. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I'm gravitating to Carlene. New ads jockey. Yeah, new ads jockey. Mm-hmm. We saw Carlene on a horse called Wild Galar last Wednesday, and I'm, I'm I'm anticipating a similar type of a ride. Three wide line from the wide gate. Um, Luke's choice is a um, is a fella who's he's ran some pretty big races in the past without a huge amount of luck. Um, he moved stables at the start of this prep. Um, kicked off his career for the new stable pretty well. First up, uh, when he got underneath horses, finished second to Excellent Dream. That really well, that form, really well. Yeah, that form's been franked. I thought he hit the line better than Feline Machine and Maricino, who have both come out and run big races without much luck since. So I think that form doesn't look too bad. Uh, then came out uh, 14 days later um, behind Absolute. If you do the head-on for that race, Carlin never actually got any clear roam. The horse was never happy. Yeah. So um, only beaten two lengths. I, I don't think you can look at that as a failure um, because I don't think the horse ever really uh, saw what he needed to see. Uh, three wide line. Luke's choice is a horse that's actually breezed and ran good races, has come from last. Very adaptable. I love the 1,400 metres third up. I think that's... Uh, I think that's bang on 1,300 metres uh, third up. Sorry, I think that's bang on. Likes Pinjarra. Um, does like Pinjarra. Does like a wet track um, uh, if, if it does eventuate that way. Um, I think there's going to be a nice three-wide line. We, we're going to need a nice ride, and it's always – it's always risky backing an apprentice from um, from a sticky gate because things can go wrong. But I just think you're talking double spice coming out of a class one. You're talking uh, born to try, new stable. It's going to be in no man's land. Western Rhythm's a hard horse to trust and, and Ginger Fire for 30 odd days. There's just a lot of doubt mm. on a lot of them. So I'm I'm willing to look outside the market um, and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be Luke's choice each way. I, I've got Luke at nine bucks. So currently 16, 17. I reckon we see better from um, from the stable as well, BJ. Wouldn't surprise me if we see a 20-plus on the exchange. And uh, I reckon Luke's choice is a horse that, a bit like um, Western Rhythm, has probably deserved to win more races in his career than he actually has. So, And he looks to have settled in really nicely at the New Yard. I thought you might have uh, made a bit of a shout-out to Scooter's Machine. Yeah. I think with Scooter's Machine – he needs the rail. Needs I think he rail. needs the yeah. fence. I think he needs that type of run to be winning. I thought he really had his chance when we tipped him four starts ago. Alien, uh, Alien from, from Mars, Mars grabbed yeah. him on a day where it was suiting horses out in front. So um, I, I think he's had his chances to win. He's now 1,600 back to 1,300. At best, he's in the breeze. There's probably a horse three deep outside of him putting pressure on. I just don't think it's Scooter's machine's um, set up today. Uh, on Saturday. Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, just he was a bit of a replay horse. Never saw daylight mm. at all and went to the line in uh, basically in first gear in the fire sale midweek race at Ascot on January 20. Uh, like Terry, I have gone a little bit outside of the obvious major players and I'm rolling with my old mate Steve Wolf and Oxbridge. This fellow is coming off two really, really strong, great southern wins, firstly at Albany on Boxing Day and then at Mount Barker on 
January 17. I think Wolfie could be in for a good day, actually. He's got to, providing he can, uh, they're going to allow, um, I guess, horses to come in from, from the uh, different regions. But that, um, the I guess, the rules and regulations from a COVID uh, restrictions point of view will be will be uh, revealed in in the days to come, but hopefully Wolfie can get his team there because he's got some real genuine winning chances uh, across the day. And uh, Terry, while we've been recording, it's been announced that there was no new cases uh, in Western mm. Australia. So um, another green tick in the box for uh, this. Uh, COVID emergency, which we are uh, living in um, Western Australia at present. So providing Wolfie can get his uh, float full of horses to the races at Pinjarra on Saturday, I think that Oxbridge is going to give this a big shake. Um, he's um, shown two ways of winning in his last two. He basically box seated and sprinted along a cutaway and knocked off Gifted Warrior and the third horse whose name just escapes me. Both, ho- both of those horses went on to win at their subsequent starts. The other day, Mount Barker, he towed up the field chasing uh, a trio of tearaway leaders and he won. Oh. he won really stylishly i felt um with a bit in reserve uh peter hall sort of just clicked him up give him a couple of couple of reminders and and he just did the rest although it might have been a little bit exaggerated with sort of guard sort of um sort of fading on its run late understandably but this horse just moves like he's going to make the grade um hall is riding him well uh i'm like terry i can poke holes in the obvious major players ginger flyer double spies born to try Western Rhythm. And as a result, if Oxbridge Hawley can land in, I reckon he can come across, has the gate speed to come across with Ginger Flyer. Ginger Flyer drawn 10, Oxbridge drawn 11. It, all he needs to do is come across, get to the one-off position, and the rest of the speed horses are out drawn outside him, can rush around. I'm not going to say he's going to land in the 1-1, Terry. However, he's going to be well <laughs> positioned from gate 11. As long as um, Hawley is positive, I think he's going to get the right run, produced at the right time. I reckon Oxbridge each way. I think he's about the $10 mark at the moment. I think he's uh, he's a real live hope in another, well, another huge open handicap, Terry. Mm. Who did Riley try and jam in the 1-1 one, one last week? I think Seminole it was Seminole Brave. Brave. Very close. He didn't get the 1-1, one, one, but uh, he got the uh, the W. He certainly anyway. did. So, I think oh. he said that he took the nine bucks as well. So there is uh, something for the young fellas. Yes, that was a I, good, was, uh, uh, I was left oh. lamenting after Eurasia box-seated and couldn't get out in time. So thanks, Riley. Do you know what? Uh, do you know, I was on recapitulate, uh, as as I mentioned, and, uh, geez, he was tough down the straight. I thought he was going to kick back and get uh, Seminole Brave. But um, do you know where I spent yesterday, Saturday afternoon, BJ? No, tell me. Tell me more. Well, well, before I came and saw you and watched Newhead, obviously, uh, I was crossing the road, walking up to my local uh, TAB to place a bet because it's very hard to On Saturday. place a bet. Yes, I right. was. going. I was actually going up to back uh, – a little trumpet, actually. I was going up to back um, – uh, geez, who won the, the, the last race before they uh, – Ginger Senorita. Uh, oh. The next day at Bunbury, yeah. the very last race we, we've had in, uh, in WA. So I actually took severe unders as well. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> and um, and I was there with my, my housemate, Jared, and um, and uh, a, a little old lady's car is just, just conked out, just absolutely conked out. And um, the lights have gone green and she can't go and we could walk and we've gone, mm, okay. I said, no, I think we might be on here. So we spent the next hour and a half um, – standing with the old woman, waiting with the RAC. We called the RAC. I popped the bonnet out of look, pretended I 
pretend that I had some idea what I was talking about. <laughs> um, absolutely none. And um, yeah, I spent the next two hours watching the races on my phone and uh, and keeping um, this uh, lovely, lovely old duck company. So there you go. Did Unfortunately, no no karma really played out for me because I don't think I found a winner from there. Right? But, <laughs> did you? But did that, you... that was how I spent my last week. Good Samaritan job. Well done, Terry. Mm. Hey. Yeah, thanks. That's what I needed. Um, did she get back up? Obviously, she got back up and running again. Yeah, no, she's uh, she was all sorted, so she was uh, she was very uh, very happy. So it was um, yeah, just a, a unique way to spend my Saturday afternoon. I'm but, sure uh, she uh, was very appreciative. Ah, uh, she was, she was, she was lovely. Anyway, uh, what were we talking? Are we talking about horses? Eurasia, okay. bad beats. Uh, yeah, Eurasia. Yeah, it was it was a tough watch for Eurasia followers last. Week. It was a funny race that one because mm. um, throughout the card. Not many horses uh, on speed really gave strong kicks, and uh, that was one race that was dominated by the horses that settled one, two, three. So, um, interesting old pattern at Ascot at the moment, especially with the Easterlies. We're not getting the usual um, you lead your win type scenarios, which has been difficult to um, to go into and do our form pre meeting. But um, anyway, bit of value for us both here. BJ's each way, Oxbridge. I'm of the opinion, BJ, you'll see a better price in that late. So yep. I reckon. Hold fire, Oxbridge, and you'll see some 12 to 18s. I reckon yep, bet fair. Yep. And um, I can't imagine. Luke's choice is currently well above my price and $16 each way. Probably plays heavy because it is a horse. Um, he's only won two of 26, but he's been placed on 13 more occasions. So he's actually been placed at 14 of his 26 starts. So the near five bucks a hold for Luke's choice is uh, it's. I usually prefer straight each way if you're betting each way. But I think on this occasion, a one by three basis would make complete and utter sense. And it's. Um, Luke's choice. What price, did you, what price did you have? Luke's choice. Nine bucks. Okay, I was I was Oxbridge eight dollars. So I okay. think we're, we're both getting overs, and hopefully that uh, that um, exchange late with um, both our horses might uh, yep. might be the will will be the way to go. Very interesting market. What it will do here because. Um, yeah, Western Rhythm, Double Spice, Ginger Fly, Born to Try. Those four horses should dominate the market, but which one completely dominates, we don't know. I'm expecting Double Spice to be the big supported runner here, um, but it's, it'll be very interesting. Watch late. And BJ, we have another one of our young guns uh, chiming in, and he's clearly uh, he's clearly done, uh, he's clearly followed your mail. It's Latham Anderson, 20 wins, Oxbridge. Nice. He's nice. with you. I, I like it, Latham. I have been reading Latham's Latham's stuff on Twitter. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, he uh, he knows his way around the uh, the Great Southern. That is for sure. So um, moving on to race six, the Thoroughbred Breeders WA Pearl Classic. Good initiative. This this is a fillies and mares only race and um, thirteen hundred meters. As soon as I saw the field, my eyes zeroed in on indigo blue i'd already made up my mind exactly which way i was going to go prior to assessing this race after assessing the race i was still super confident indigo blue i'm just going to put it over to the guru talk me out of her terry can you no i can't uh for a price wise she's not she's not quite at mine but I, i've marked her favorite um i think i think you had to mark her favorite and the way this is probably my least confident market for the day but the way i did this race. I had the two X Factor horses or perhaps the two horses that are nowhere near their marks yet in Indigo Blue and Pleto as the two that I had to have at the head of uh, my market. I agree. Yep. In in saying that, I this is the way I punt and this is the way I think. I'm probably going to try and hope that those two get back heavily on Betfair and try and get those two beaten. Mm. That's how I'm going. I think Pleto is a horse that drops a bit and can chase hard and put itself in an unwinnable position from barrier three. Um, and I think Indigo Blue... 
you still got to look at the fact that uh, that that big run from her was on the um, on the heavy eight. Uh, all of her prior form was good, and it was pretty good. And she yeah. maps brilliantly, and she's <clears throat> she ticks a lot of boxes here. She probably lands in the one one. Trial, trial was uh, sharp as too, wasn't it? Trial, well, it was mm. sharp as. Mm. Um, no, it was a very, very sharp trial. Um, yeah, look, from a speed map point of view, again, I thought this looks pretty, pretty obvious. I think B Quick holds up, and I think Danny Bella finds the breeze. Uh, two horses that are running along, and they're both going super at the moment. Uh, Pearls and prawns from five, indigo blue from six, lipstick flickers from twelve, with the three that want to jam themselves in on speed with cover. Uh, London Miss, Little Red Bikini, eight and nine. They can both race on speed too, but it's slightly more sticky for that for that pair. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm I'm not overly strong on anything here, BJ. Uh, Indigo Blue is the one I was I was hoping we might see some six bucks early, and it would have made it easy to have a bet. But just still a little a little bit of um, just some concerns um, on how on how she would go uh, first up here. But uh, look, I really. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have a huge amount to uh, to input here, to be honest with you. Um, one one horse I'd like to mention is uh, Lucky Linda Lolo, who's mm. never missed a hole, never missed a hole first up, and since joining Ann King, is running career best numbers um, uh, for that stable. So she will jump from uh, barrier two, likely lands three back. Uh, and if Paddy Carberry can find some room in on straightening i think she'll be um she'll be a big chance of running into a hole that probably she won't be wanted she'll be seven eight bucks she'll be 30 40 plus the win so she's one that'll likely end up over my price um i thought lipstick flickers was huge at the thousand meters last week uh that was an unsuitable trip bar shoes went on not a horse traditionally known for running on into races like she did um that knew had form will obviously be very strong bj but- absolutely Look, I, I've got Indigo Blue on top, and I'm with you with Indigo Blue. Um, I'm just, I'm just cagey about what what the right price is to take, and I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not, I'm not certain. So this isn't a race I'm going to dive into. What are we doing with Regal Poise? Have we, no. have we, have we recovered since? Uh, yeah. Oh. The, they're the ones I'm. They're the ones I'm okay with. I, I'm okay when they're given their chance. Uh, she was given every chance here. Um, it was a race dominated by off-speed horses, so you can give her some forgiveness in the fact that she was the only horse that settled in the first couple that actually stuck on um, in that event. But I think this is significantly harder, um, and she doesn't get any weight relief from that from that race. So um, happy to look around Regal Poise here. Um, I, I just think this is a race you can you can potentially find some value, and you can look a million different ways. Flying machine or flutter late pearls and prawns is going super. I don't think she can carry sixty though. Danny Bella's done nothing wrong. Uh, if you can get Danny Bella crossing B Quick, or yeah. if you get B Quick scratch, I'd love to be on Danny Bella if B Quick comes out, which uh, I doubt she will. Um, Sweet Strawberry was a massive eye catcher, but that's a pikey run. You'd, you'd loses a lot with pikey not being on. Even a horse like Jaguar Grey is going to go around at 50, probably go around 100 to 1 yeah, on the day. Yep. Jaguar Grey wasn't suited leading last start and wasn't suited chasing hard over the 1,000 um, prior outing either. So uh, she's a horse with a lot of talent, Jaguar Grey. But again, um, yeah, cracking open race, but not one that I've got any strong opinion on, BJ. Yeah, for me it was, the, uh, it was all about Indigo Blue. Now she is first up last started in the Champion Philly Stakes where was beaten an eyelash by Watch Me Dance. Watch Me Dance then of course came out and won the WA Guineas a week later. Now Indigo Blue was just one of those horses who just every time she went to the races she kept getting better. She's only had the the six runs. Uh I imagine would be on 
What is she? She's a Black Friars. I imagine she'd be on potentially a WA Oaks prep, um, mm-hmm. or at least she's going to compete in the lead-up events, you would imagine, in the weeks to come. So, but yeah, she just... Mitchell Pateman just looked so confident and he looked like he had so much horse underneath him in that Lark Hill January 25 trial. Adam Durant obviously has her happy and healthy heading into the Pearl Classic at Pinjarra on Saturday. Gets a good draw, has the gate speed to make the most of it, settle forward of midfield, just needs galloping room, 55.5 kgs, fresh horse on the scene. I reckon Indigo Blue has a bit of class on her side and I reckon she's going to get the job done. What price? I was four fifty, so she's yeah, sort of so was I actually. she's sort of yeah. floating around that ish at the moment. Uh, I wonder where the market forces might might mean she gets out high fours um, on the day. That was my sort of thought process. Like at the 450, 93% market, it wasn't a market I did with a super amount of confidence, so I couldn't dive in at the 450. Sometimes if I price a horse 450 and I want to be on and I'm confident with how I've marked it, I'll, I'll take 480 or something slightly above, but. Um, yeah, I think four fifty is is about uh, the right price. And is this a quaddy leak? No, we're still one away. We haven't <laughs> started the quaddy. Yeah, BJ. Gee whiz. Late quaddy. What's that? Mm. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Gee whiz. Mm. All right. So um yeah, it's uh it's just, it's just another another cracking cracking race on Magic Man's Day. And uh I am uh I'm sort of venturing into Betfair best betting proposition of the day with Indigo Blue, Ooh. but we'll we'll get to that later in the show. Race seven. The BJ, du- before we before we move on, Riley Dot Morgan is following you in here. Riley Dot Morgan, 40 wins, Indigo Blue, race six. Very good. Very good, Riley. Indigo Blue on top for Riley Morgan. Um Okay, remembering that they have a maximum of three bets, the young guns, don't they, Terry? And they get yes. to, to spend $100 on the day so they can divvy that up as they wish with a maximum of three bets throughout the card with results uh, recorded using Betfair SP. And we'll chuck them up on Twitter on Sunday or Monday as well so we can all uh, keep up to date with uh, how they're tracking. All right. Race seven, the Duchemus Crown. Ratings 72 plus handicap over the 1200 meters. This is another beauty, Terry. Very, very beauty. Very, very good race. This one's who won this race? Sorry, yeah, I was gonna start cracking first leg of the quaddy, but last year you will be referring to was it why choose her? It was, it was 40 bucks, bet fair SP for all those playing at home, yeah, yeah, Ash Maley. Knocked off free trade. Mr. Genoa, maybe stiff not to win it for Luke Fernie, for LK. Chick's Um, pick. Chick's pick, yes. It was a a good little race. It was. Was was uh, spilling over in that race as well? Spilling over could have been, yeah, yeah. running on potentially, yeah, yeah. Could have been running on, yeah. I try and block out the time spill <laughs> around, to be honest. Our old mate so. spilling over. And this version of the Ducimus crown, Ducimus? Duchemus? I'm going to go with Ducimus. Ducimus. Whatever it is. This version of the D crown um, does not look any inferior. It is an absolutely cracking little race here, BJ. My big question, I'm going to, I'm going to pose this to you straight away is resort man are we are we sticking or are we sacking are we yeah are we buying stock in resort man or are we offloading well what, uh, have, what have you been actually talk me through have you been someone so since resort man's last win yeah he has gone under at a dollar 95 two dollars 40 and two dollars 15 have you been a supporter or a tipper on those occasions 
Uh, I haven't supported him. I tipped him in the race. I was very keen, obviously, the race where Platinum Bullet uh, shaded him. Uh, that was yep. in 1,100 metres. But I was forgiving on that occasion. I thought it was 1,200 back to 1,100 metres, beaten in a beaten a lip, basically. And then I expected him to be hard to beat in the race that was run by won by Dig Deep on the 19th of December. He charged for Kiri Yule, just over-raced, completely overcooked it out um, uh, out in front, was he, or breezing, and um, was just running on empty late. So there was a few excuses there. And then he was probably a touch disappointing uh, in the Fitzpatrick plate at Albany. Until uh, it was 15, oh. beaten by Echo Effect. Um, mm, or did you, Or did you think he just burnt too much fuel early again? Well, I went and watched the replay a few times. Took over 500 metres for Kira to find. Basically, he didn't breathe for a second. I know that's probably uh, something we saw from him uh, first up. He he had to circle them and, and get to the, to the breeze, and he didn't need that breather to win the race. It's a hard way um, to win races, though, isn't it? Yeah, I get it, what it you're is saying. A hard, yeah. it, it is a hard way to, to win races, and, yeah. he, um, and he did um, – and he did have to travel, obviously, down to Albany as well. So there's a few different little factors there. Um, but this was the big question on the program for me, whether we're sticking or sacking, BJ. So since his last run in the Fitzpatrick Plate, he's been to a mid-prep Bunbury trial January 22 with the blinkers on. Fiona Bell um, cruised to a very comfortable victory, as you would expect, against the opposition that he faced on that occasion. Uh, for me... Fascinating to see, obviously Chris Parnham, top jock. Fascinating to see uh, tactically how how hard they push forward with um, with Resort Man and just the way that he, uh, just how keen he was underneath Kiri Yule two starts ago with the blinkers on. It's I'm just a little bit concerned if he's going to be able to, how well he's going to be able to settle with the pressure on and maybe even Captain Kink looking to hold up in front and... Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've got him third pick in my leg up, basically. So I think he's a he's a winning chance, but I'm not as as bullish on him as I have been in in previous starts. Put it that way. So, mm-hmm. um, did you have him leading, or did you have Captain King leading? Oh, he's definitely not leading. I wouldn't yeah. have thought. No. Um, from a speed map point of view, I think the horse that we you cannot forget about here is Don's Legacy. Yeah, uh, cannot yeah. Ca- cannot win the race. Don's Legacy isn't a player uh, in that sense. But I think um, David Harrison will know. Um, we- Weapon Sun is is going so well at the moment, and he'll know Weapon Sun's his live hope or his best hope in this race. Now, Weapon Sun, because of barriers, has been forced with the lead. Uh, four starts to go, three starts to go, and then last two basically back dead last. So from a better barrier, Weapon Sun can now just sort of land somewhere near the 1-1. One, one. And I think David Harrison will be pretty keen on Captain King and Resort Man not getting it soft in front. So if he can hold up with Don's legacy, that will be beneficial for Weapon Sun's chances. I'm, I might be overthinking that a touch, but uh, I do think Don's legacy will try and be aggressive and hold up. I don't know if he'll have the pace to. He does. Uh, he is a little bit sloppy out of the gates at times. Yeah. Um, but look, if Captain King can cross Don's legacy and Resort Man comes across to the breeze, um, that's the map I, I foresee. And then the big question is, where do we put Tommy Blue from Barrier One? Mm. Tommy Blue is, isn't beginning all that well. I think Pike can muster up and hold the back of the leader, but does there's he a chance want to? Tommy- does he want to? 
Well, they might want to let Tommy Blue settle and be a happier horse three back the fence potentially. Yeah. Um, look, it's, it's a race with with a stack of variables. I mean, my Demi now comes into this and gets a claim after not getting a claim winning a Batavia. It's just a really well, and, nice little – And Echo Effect uh, charged outside Battle Hero in the um, uh, Mount Barker Sprint last start. It's drawn 10 with Matty Derrick on board. That might punch forward as well. So it, Exactly right. Yeah. It's uh, it's very, very, very interesting here. And it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting event, how this will all pan out. So obviously Resort Man's a horse with a stack of ability and mm-hmm. um, things just haven't quite gone to plan with him in, as far as his trajectory goes this time. And I'm assuming that the stable would have thought he would probably be a um, Pinjarra Classic Bunbury Stakes horse right about now, ready to launch into that type of um part of the, uh, I guess, the spectrum, the racing spectrum. So he's not quite there yet. It's just going to be a fascination to see what the blinkers can do to him on on Saturday. Do they make him rev out or do they just sharpen him and uh, uh, allow him to extract his very best? It's going to be, it's going to be a, a curious watch. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm going to play around him, I think. Yeah, I've, I've, I still haven't really decided. That's what I was asking you. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm probably, I haven't got the mental scars from Resort Man this campaign. Uh, I don't really like jumping into a horse when it's, he's sort of battling a little bit. Uh, he or she's battling throughout their campaign and not performing up to expectation. But um, this might be the time to have something on because we're getting the price. We're going to get close to five bucks about yep. what could potentially be a top liner. 440 uh, at the moment, I believe. So Yeah, 440 at the moment. So I, I think the price is there to, to definitely consider it. But, um, yeah, I, I'm probably going to have something on Resort Man, I think. I, I haven't been on uh, apart from first up. So I said I haven't got the mental scars that uh, I could imagine a lot of punters West Australian wide do. Yep. Um, one runner that we've got to keep an eye on here, BJ, and as I said, we could discuss them majority of this field. I know you're old man. I saw him after, uh, after the last, a fortnight ago. And he was, uh, geez, he told me that beautiful mind will win no matter where it goes next start. Uh, Bernie did. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a big, big, big eye catch. Bernie's black booker. Um, Bernie's yeah. BBB. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a massive eye catcher. Should only go better at the 1200, but the horse I wanted to talk about, sorry, Bernie was, uh, mankind. Yeah. Uh, Mankind is an absolute swimmer, um, absolutely loves the slop. He's uh, one from one at Pinjarra, goes well fresh. If you look at uh, all of his runs last campaign, he's he's competed in Winterbottoms, Colonel Reeves, Prince of Wales, and he hasn't disgraced himself on any occasion. Uh, he was always competitive as an 82-rated galloper, way out of his depth at weight for age. It was just, just very odd placement, but I guess it was aggressive placement from a stable that want to have a bit of fun um, with their horses and have a bit of a throw at the stumps. But again, using the, the claim of Carleen, if she can get uh, get him out of the gates, just about land back of the speed, maybe three, uh, two pairs back. I've got um, him. Uh, I've got him leaders back with a, with a, with a clean getaway. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 a nice little spot, especially if we get the rain. So, um, I don't think uh, I don't think it's impossible here, BJ. But uh, cracking race, no real strong opinions. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive, not dive in. I'm gonna have something resort, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna back in the blinkers and Chrissy Parnham in the breeze that we might see the best of him uh, at one of these country tracks. But uh, any type of rain, I'm um, I'm gonna be pretty keen each way, mankind. All right, I am siding with a horse by the name of Pro Consent. Um, now. Did you catch his first up run, Terry? I've caught all, all of his runs have been so – he's so big. He yeah. just consistently puts in absolute, yeah, huge runs. All, all I'll say about the last run 
is there was an entitlement to do that with yeah. the way the race was run. And he, yeah, there was, and that that's that race is so far inferior to this one. Um, that that's my concern with pro consent. The fact he probably might be better over 14, 1600, just looking at the way he uh, went alongside Paris and George. But geez, he's a um, he's a pretty underrated galloper, isn't he? Yeah, he's got some strength about him. Pro consent, so he was. It basically looked like a prep run, didn't it? 63 kilos, claiming three with stable apprentice Vic Corva on first up, 1,200 metres, just went out the back and um, he should have won. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that he, he pro consent should have won. He was he was held up. Um, uh, I guess Lucy Warwick just rode uh, absolute, an absolute treat and um, just sort of got in pro consent's way on several occasions and, geez, he, he was just – Savage the line late. Now he drops to 57 kilos with senior rider Sean McGrady back on board. Gate four. He's not really a um, gate speed horse, so you imagine that he's going to settle midfield at best, probably mid back. But um, but some of his runs last preparation, he won the hundred thousand dollar Sky Channel final for Chloe as a party. He's a multiple. Uh, he's won twice from three starts at Pinjarra. His, some of his form in those um, in 72-plus um, company at Belmont during the winter was excellent. That fifth behind Inspirational Girl beating 7.6 lengths was massive. That was such a big run. That was Inspirational Girl, Massimo, Serenity Bay. I think they were the, they were the three horses that um, trifected the race. But he all, all three of those horses followed the rail and um, Pro Consent was basically the widest runner throughout and um, and hit the line, even though the margin suggests that he got a bit of a touch-up. It was such a good run. So for me, I thought Pro Consent might be a horse that flies under the radar in what is a very, very competitive, another really, really competitive race. And um, this could be a bit of a dartboard job as far as quaddy is Quite is a concern, but I have um, I just feel like there's, there's something about this pro consent. He's got some quality about him. He's got some toughness, and um, if Shawnee McGrady can get him out into the clear uh, with a bit of galloping room, I reckon he's he's um, he can make things very interesting for some of the more fancied runners. So pro consent, that's my uh, sort of value play in this race. I like it. Definitely some upside with uh, with pro consent. Um, yeah, the stable had a pretty big opinion from a early early doors, didn't they? They did. They did, and um, and yeah, it just looks like he's just been a bit of a slow burn. But that first up run was for me it was just too big to ignore. And in a similar fashion to Beautiful Mind, should have won. But on this occasion, I think pro consent's just um, just going to be hardened for that. I like the uh, the slight the, the weight relief, obviously, and and uh, Sean McGrady, quality senior in the saddle. All right, I like it. I'm going to give Resort Man a chance. I'm a Resort Man, and uh, I'm definitely playing Mankind with a little bit of rain as well. I've got Resort Man three fifty, Mankind nine bucks, so um, four dollars fifty and fifteen. The pair very happy. If uh, if the rain does come harder and uh, more pronounced than um currently forecast i will be uh i'll actually be hopping into mankind each way with a fair degree of passion but uh, the tip that without knowing okay all righty and it's funny we went through that whole race and there's about probably eight other genuine winning chances that didn't even well, crack a mention but um, it's 
It's funny you say that because yeah. I went into it wanting to find Weapon Sun. I, I keep on yep. saying Weapon Sun's going better. It finally gets a map, no weight. Um, but unfortunately, the price just isn't there. I've got Weapon Sun's second favourite, and I haven't even, I haven't even mentioned, um, I haven't even mentioned uh, his name. So it's uh, yeah, it's difficult. The horse I'm going to take on though, the one I will take on heavy in the market is Tommy Blue. Yeah, um, me too. Really, really talented mare, but I just don't. I just don't like the setup from potentially three back defence uh, for Tommy Blue. I'm not going not to go and lay her because I'm respectful of the yard, uh, the jockey, the barrier. Um, but yeah, she's the one. I'll be taking on Tommy Blue. I'll be taking on Captain Kink as well. Really, I thought Captain Kink was given a twenty out of twenty by Jade McNaught last start, uh, tagging the back of Cramden and fell in. Absolutely fell in. So um, yeah, I'm going to look to uh, look around Captain Kink as well. Captain Kink was my hardest to beat as far as pro consent was concerned. Back on his home track, fit up, 1,200 metres. He's won five from 10, smart horse. But, um, again, we'll keep going around and around in circles because this is a hell of a deep race. Um, Certainly is. Race eight. Here we go. It's the Magic Millions WA two-year-old classic, $250,000 race. It's uh, over the 1,200 metres. It's become a real um, significant event on the WA racing calendar. It's a big shame that there'll be no crowds, obviously, on course, but the most important thing is that at this stage, anyway, that the meeting will be progressing. And uh, we had a brief chat about this particular race yesterday, Terry. And um, I just want to see whether your uh, opinion has shifted at all regarding the hot pot, the unbeaten Philly potential <clears throat> superstar, Snipperucci. Oh, I think I've only got more uh, more bullish, BJ. Um, it's a rarity I get too excited about one, uh, sort of the even money, $2.30 type mark. But, um, no, I, I think that uh, I think this is uh, this is basically she is a good thing. BJ, um, yeah, very simplistically, I I struggle to see how she's probably not. I've marked her a dollar fifty eight, so that probably gives you an indication of. Um, well, that gives you a very strong indication of what I think about her chances. Um, if you look at her very short career, <laughs> short career to date, um, led her trial one by five, came out first up against Export Man, um, which at the time we didn't understand how that form would end up lining up. But um, she came out first up against Export Man, got it pretty easy out in front. They still went um, they still uh, went along at a roundabout benchmark uh, at Bunbury that day. What was the important bit from that run is that she ran a quicker last 200-metre split than Export Man did, who had the uh, the sit and was able to balance up by the 200 um, and come late. So, look, I yeah, I, I just find it really, really difficult to understand how any horse can turn the tables on um, on that type of statistic. The fact that Jason Brown sat up late as well, she only ran about a length quicker than Export Man. She could have probably run a two or three. Length quicker final 200-metre um, sectional than export man. Interestingly, and this is the run people will look at for a ching in her armor was her most recent outing on the 9th of January. Uh, Heavenly waters led that day. Jason Brown sat in the breeze. Um, he applied the pressure to heavenly waters pre bends, probably about 500 meters from home. And I think the way he did that, he left her a little bit of a sitting duck. Um, she, she didn't paddle late. And I think Jason probably had a few more. I know she's only one by 0.2 of a length, but I think Jason had a little bit more in the bank than he probably otherwise let on. He uh, he had to give her a slap and it, obviously things got a little bit aggressive late, but I think if she was going to get beaten, that was the opportunity. She couldn't find the fence that day. The pressure was on early. Um, I, I think if there was a chink in her armor, that was the day she was going to get beaten. 
From here, she gets the rail. There is absolutely no speed in this race, which you just don't see in two-year-old races. I mean, Heavenly Waters, the blinkers are off. Are they going to try and take a sit? There's probably concerns about Heavenly Waters running out 1,200 metres, the way she folded two starts ago. Yeah, I'd, so be surprised, not... I'd be surprised if Roy takes a backward step. It'll be going forward. Yeah, it'll be, go- okay, be going forward, yeah. but it won't be – any concerns I wouldn't have thought for Snipperucci's rail no. with the blinkers off. I think they'll be happy to probably park outside of Snipperucci. Uh, then you have, I mean, the only other speed I can see potentially is Michelada and Gorgeous Gossip. And I think neither have the gate speed uh, or, or will have the real desire to want to take it to Snipperucci and want to lead this race. So Snipperucci for me finds the top rails and the times she can run. She's around 5580. Brownie sat up late in that trial on the 25th of January. That was the first time she's had the winkers on. Jeez. I, I just don't know how they beat her, BJ. I, I think this is That's simply dumb. a very, a very sharp horse and a very quick horse that, that goes to the top and just runs time and, and it's all over. Yeah. Geez, she loved that rail at Larkew and that mid-prep trial and it was machine-like really, wasn't it? If you look at the t- rest of the times of the day, nothing even Got within two year olds don't two year olds don't do that. No, got nothing got within coup eh, of no. Snipperucci on the day. Pressure on race day is a uh, is a um, is a big thing, but yeah, to, the the winkers on just <laughs> really sharpened her up um, in that uh, January twenty five trial. Gate three is a gift. Just has to step, jump, rail, lead. Just yeah, it's just it's about. It's just about time, really, isn't it, Terry? Can is anything fast enough to to go with her? Uh, I think if she turns up, probably not. Definitely not. Um, the only way that um, she gets beat is if, she, you know, as you said yesterday, is if she finds a way to beat herself. I think whether she, you know, revs out too hard pre-race, whether she's slightly slow away, and Jace has to use her, you know, dig her up and use her a bit early, and she doesn't come back underneath him. But I just don't know if there's anything that can extract a performance capable of coming from behind her and getting past her. For me, Export Man's the clear second pick. Yep, um, I'm with you. He, um, he was another who went back for a little mid-prep trial, a little sharpen up, and uh, his Albany 28 January trial was was really nice. Wasn't, uh, wasn't really out of first gear. Just trialed like a quality horse, but he's going to be spotting Snipperucci, what, at least three lengths? Three and a half lengths, four lengths. Oh, and, and the rest, and the rest. I reckon. And, I mean, um, he doesn't. He does. He doesn't step very well. Yeah. Uh, export man. So I mean, there's there's a chance he's spotting him. Uh, spotting her. Sorry, five or six lengths. So, so who, even if, so, so who, if they balance up alongside each other, yeah. it's it's Snipperucci ran a quicker last two. So I, yeah, gee whiz, I'm uh, I'm I'm concerned how enthused I am about one at the two dollar forty mark. So this isn't uh, this is Ju- uh, juvenile too. Gee, and, this goes against a few of my. Uh, uh, a few of my, um, not that I have punting rules so much, but uh, yeah, what well, I, I thought going into this, she'd go up too short to have a bet. I thought we'd be talking she'd be a dollar sixty, dollar seventy. Yeah, I was, I was a flat even elsewhere. money, so for for context, but um, yeah, dollar fifty, dollar fifty eight. Uh, a horse that we do agree on from a outside of the market yes. point of view is Success Play. Success Play was my third yeah. tip, third selection yeah. in the in the leg up. I um. I was, yeah, I got that wrong first up at Bunbury. I was quite keen on him, but I thought they would go back, yeah. uh, stalk Hoy Ann and uh, and be attacking the late, the line late. As it turned out, he um, Chrissy Parnham sent him forward. He landed outside. Leader was in was the horse in um, 
a, a, I guess a three wide sandwich, um, and he um, he just couldn't couldn't um, couldn't sustain it. Uh, with and got left a sitting duck really for Hoi An, and I think it was Serviceman that was flashing late as well. However, blinkers go on, rising to twelve hundred. High draw means he's going to have to be ridden, ridden more patiently. I reckon he's the horse that, um, with Export Man that's going to be hitting the line hardest late. Oh, he's. Uh, I am amazed by the price. I've had something on the on the whole, BJ. Uh, I'm with you. I've got serve, uh, success play. Sorry, as a. Uh, a clear third elect, uh, Chrissy Parnham sticks. Everything you just said is, is bang on. His run on the 21st of November in the Crystal Slipper was one of the more eye-catching runs of the two-year-old season. Um, they simply weren't making any ground that day, especially early in the day. And Chrissy Parnham, um, yeah, just sived his way through the field and you, you knew that they had a real horse on their hands. So forget he went around first up. That's That was the wrong ride, the wrong – not the wrong ride. It was just the wrong race shape that he had to sit. He was just basically, as you said, a horse sandwich mm. and it just didn't um, just didn't work out for him. I, I'd be very surprised if he's not running top four or five and he's yeah. up to $10. He's up to $10 a place with a few of the agencies. So if you're not someone that likes to hop into the uh, the even money pops and um, and hop into Snipperucci, this is clearly on a place-heavy basis um, – you're probably it's probably your biggest overs numerically in in um in that sense for those looking to play something outside the market. Um yeah, besides that, we'll just better mention a couple of the other state of power. I thought was a really nice trial and then a really nice run, probably one that's going to go under the guard a little bit for yep. Simon Miller. Um going, going to go around about 40 to 1. I think it's going to appreciate the 1200 as well. Yes, very, yeah. very much. So he's eight, eight bucks a hole there as well. I think I think that's well over the odds. If you're again looking for a bit of value, I tell um, you, uh, I tell you, one horse who we haven't spoken about is uh, right down the bottom, number fourteen. Oh. Be optimistic. Finally, with, with a uh, with a Mister TK Layton in the ownership, you've got a runner in the Magic Millions. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, we do, we do. Um, I do think she might be just making up the numbers. We were we were pretty happy with her first up run. We were pretty happy with her trial before that. Luke's got a big opinion, but um, we're good first yeah. up, Terry. I'm not just uh, yeah. pulling your chain here. No. I, I actually think that that uh, the horse of Mike Sandwich has just uh, just sort of dragged you out of the race in the three wide line, and I thought her last two hundred was really good. So. Yeah, that's what Sean O'Donnell said to yeah. us post-race. Uh, things just didn't pan out for us, uh, unfortunately. In running, she hit the line nicely. He was keen to be aboard her again. Um, but, yeah, we, we were hoping to draw a gate, and we believe we were a top-five chance because we do think we've got a really nice two-year-old on our hands. But from the gate, I presume, we'll just be taking a hold going back. And um, I guess we'll be hoping that it's a cold rail and horses down the centre of the track, and that's that's how our miracle will occur. But Wet track. Yeah, we'll, we'll be 300 to 1 and you'd, you'd want every single bit of that to be having something on. So I've marked that. Uh, what have I marked my horse here? I've marked my horse 300, yeah, 300 to 1. So um, <laughs> I, I, re- I reckon I might get some of it too. If she, I'll be I'll be having something on, don't worry, because uh, I've got a pretty small brain in that sense. But, um, <laughs> no, very, very, very keen. I can't stress how keen I am here on um, on Snipperucci. It's not my type of bet. Marked $1.58 and um, the $2.30 or so that's currently around. Very, very keen. And uh, like you, BJ, success play represents the biggest value um, if you're looking for something outside the market. Uh, Ten bucks a hole, forty odd to win. That's that's great shopping, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree, great. mate. So Snipperucci jumps, rails, leads, scoots away. Good luck. Good luck. I think she you. wins by. I, I think she wins by a margin too. Okay, and um, yeah. just want to shout out to the uh, the the crew in Export Man. So most of these guys are. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Albany um, personalities. In this horse, now I think they all got together for their first horse was Red Can Man, 
and now their second horse is Export Man. So they've uh, they've obviously got a few lucky charms on the go down there um, in the land of milk and honey. So good luck to all those guys. But they've uh, they've had a bit of fortune here with uh, lobbing Red Can Man, and then they've uh, landed straight into another nice horse in Export Man. So appropriately lads, named lads. as well. <clears throat> I was going to say the lads don't mind a frothy, clearly. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the second of our features, the Magic Moons WA three-year-old trophy. This is now worth $200,000, 1,200-meter contest. Uh, so Gemma's son was the winner of last year's Magic Moons two-year-old classic, and he looks like he is on his way to becoming the first horse to win both the two-year-old and three-year-old Magic Moons classics in Western Australia. Terry. Gemma's son, he looks the white horse, he looks the map horse, he looks the class horse. Will you be supporting him or will you be looking to get him beat? Uh, I think I'm the only person in um, in WA that's going to look to try and get him beaten. I think he'll obviously be extremely popular with what he has uh, proven that he can do throughout his two-year-old season and later um, and his three-year-old season too, obviously. But um I don't know. I know. I know he missed the kick for Matty Derrick first up, but just I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, BJ. But was he entitled to do a little bit more in the straight? Was it? Was he entitled to come home a little bit better than um, than what he did? Was he entitled to come home? He's finished alongside Red Inferno. Um, I didn't think there was a huge amount between the runs. I, I don't know. I don't know. Tell tell me. I'm I'm fully aware he's the weighted horse. He's an 84 rater. Next highest is 67. So they should be getting um, 17, eight and a half kilos uh, off him. But um, I'm just not convinced coming off the six, seven week break from an 1800 meter race that he's going to be at his you best. You don't like that, do you? No, I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that. I, to be honest with you, I'm hoping he trades. So this is one of those ones where I'm going to, I'm sort of, hoping Betfair moves in a certain manner. I've spoke to a few other punters. Um, I spoke to the McCormick team, actually, BJ. Uh, Scotty and Pete, and they've both got him around about the $1.60 um, mark here. So I'm, I'm – Well, they, on, uh, on weight ratings, weight class ratings, yeah. he would he would be uh, huge, yeah, wouldn't he? Big so. time. He is big time. He is big time. But I'm just – I'm just hoping that he uh, that he isn't at his best, but I'm, I'm mainly hoping here that he trades around that dollar eighty dollar ninety mark late, um, which allows us to see a price elsewhere. There, those the top three in the market: Gemma Sun, I see red, I see red, and Island Charm are all coming from the same form reference, and that that produced a pretty big number um, data wise. But I mean, we do have to have queries. That's that's Island Charm. That's one that and Island Charm didn't just win. Island Charm won like Winks. Smoked him. Um, Smoked him. I know the horse in the breeze laid off badly, but Chrissy Nickel was still at her from about the 500 and she went away. He sat up late. Like it was a very soft victory. And I mean, Island Charm was coming out of an Albany maiden victory before that. So I've just got some queries. I mean, I see red, I see red. I think it will go way better with the shades on. Um, I'd be surprised if they don't lead and um, Champagne Diva doesn't take a sit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what the tactics are, but I think that would make sense here with the shades on. But, I mean, you've got to still remember, I see red is coming out of uh, a Kalgoorlie maiden victory. That's that's all he had won in the past. So, um, look, I'm just going to – I'm just looking at a point of difference here and I'm going to wait for Betfair. But the horse that I want to have something on and um, – I don't know if I'm um, – I might be 
I might be going down the wrong path here. I've marked out back, Jack, $6, uh, 7 bucks. sorry, 7 bucks in this race. Uh, point of difference, horse. I thought all of his trials around the 1,000-metre mark have been super. Um, I know that they've got ambitions to get him up to the mile and beyond, and this wouldn't be his major aim, but um, I think he has a little bit of gate speed. I think he's got the ability to not have to go back to dead last from barrier nine. I think knocking off She's Enchanted, who I think is a pretty big scalp in a recent trial, suggests he's going really nicely. And I'm I'm just keen to look at a point of difference runner. And I, I don't like any of the other runners. I don't like keep your feet. Um, I can't have surveillance. I can't have any of the other runners. So for my point of difference runner um, is really out back, Jack, here. So I, I'm going to probably buck the trend of most and um, and look at backing out back, Jack, each way, BJ. All right. So I'm with the index cards. Index cards suggest, according to Peter and Scotty McCormick, shout out to... Uh, those two uh, big supporters of the 1-1 podcast, uh, I'm with them. Gemma's son, I think, um, last year's, obviously, as I said, last year's two-year-old classic winner. I think he's just going to win the three-year-old trophy on Saturday. He, um, I mean, go through his form last prep. He's run fourth in a Belgravia, beaten a length. He's run fourth in a Lestere at Wait for Age, KC, Red Can Man, and... Um, Kimantari, I think, ran third. Um, then he's had no luck in the guineas from gate 12. And then he just he ran out of his skin in the 1800-metre Kingston Town Classic. Comes up against these horses, as Terry said. Uh, Outback Jack's won a couple of midweekers. Icy Red, Icy Red's won a Calgary Maiden. And, um, you know, and Island Charm was quite very impressive, obviously, when she won that lead-up thousand meter race to this so you would imagine if Gemma's son can tap into his peak form Paul Harvey is a huge booking going on board I feel as though they're going to be super aggressive with icy red icy red blinkers on it's going to sort of crash across find the rail in front Gemma's son doesn't have to lead to win he can he can track that icy red icy red speed in transit and just at the set weights he just he just looks looks the one stands out for me I was a flat even money Jam, Gemma's son, I reckon. Are he'll we, win. Are we three back the fence here? Who, Gemma's son? Yeah, Champagne Diva's going to be quicker than Gemma's son first 50 metres, I reckon. Uh, I see red crashes across leads, Champagne Diva leaders back. That puts Gemma's son three back the fence, potentially. I'm just, just potentially throwing it out. That, that's how it could eventuate. Potentially. That's if in a strung outfield though, yeah? Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, I'm just trying to work it so it works for me, to be honest. No, no, you're right. Because, I mean, he could end up in the breeze, really, if he if – he, Yeah, if he, he, very, yeah. he very much could. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder if after a series of high draws um, going back and running on that they might chance their arm a bit with keep your feet on Saturday now that he's got race fitness. Uh, he's drawn yep. directly outside Icy Red. I wonder if they're going to push forward and maybe track it across and land outside leader. Anyway, that's, that's another interesting part of the map. But um, – because if they go back again, he's just going to be running on into a nice fourth and fifth again, uh, I would have thought. So maybe fourth up this prep, got a bit of hardness about him, a bit of a grand final. They might have a throw up the stumps, as Simon A. Miller likes to say. But um, for me, I think this is all about Gemma's son. Um, I reckon that 240 is a good price. Tell you what, BJ, I hadn't uh, considered that to be a possibility, and I reckon you might be bang on there. That's... Uh... Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I think they probably will will roll forward. As you said, the reason I couldn't consider keep your feet is the fact that he's just been plodding to the line and I couldn't see him going back and beating these horses even with William Pike on. So um no, I like that a lot. That's uh, that's good mapping 
Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so Gemma's son for me, Keen. Uh, Terry is going away from that and looking at an up-and-comer in the form of potentially Outback Jack, who, yeah, mm. admittedly, that was a really, really good – that was a bloody good trial. And for him to gun down She's Enchanted, who is no slouch, very sharp um, mare, um, Philly mare, uh, was uh, was good work, really good work what? heading into this, this first up assignment. What am I going here now? So I'm backing Outback Jack, and I'm I've marked Outback Jack seven bucks. I've got Jemison longer than everybody else, so that's obviously affecting my price here, BJ. Um, Outback Jack's last four um, two ninety two twenty five dollar ninety dollar seventy, albeit smaller fields, weaker fields, obviously. Uh, Brad bet went up twenty one bucks. That was an easy decision for me um, to get on what we can there. But I, to to complete my bet, what what price do you have Outback Jack, and when am I diving in for Outback Jack here, BJ? I'm I'm not sure if the eleven bucks currently around is the best I'll see, and I suspect if we see that Jemison money, I might see better. What have What have you got, Outback Jack? Twelve dollars. Okay. Yeah. Righto. Yeah. So it's probably it's probably touch and go. I think I think waiting he was, for the exchange. He was my third. He was my. Here's my third elect outback jack. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Each way. Yeah. All the uh, but yeah, uh, Luke Fernie has got blinkers on icy red, icy red. The blinkers went on that trial. Looked very, very sharp. They saved it for uh, grand final. So they're going to be taking no prisoners out in front. He was my second pick, icy red. But Gemma's son, mm-hmm. class, uh, gets him well at the weights. Paul Harvey back on board. It's going to elevate significantly, and I think it's just going to be too good for him. Very good. I think the majority of WA will agree with you. And I think what the majority of WA will be looking forward to after the Magic Millions three-year-old event, BJ, is the get-out stakes. They certainly will. S-T-E-A-K-S. Very (laughs) good. Think about it every single time. Tell me about the get-out stakes. Who, Who sponsors this lovely event? Well, everyone's going to be very peckish for some succulent mm. gourmet steaks from Market City Meats um, after this marathon 10 event Magic Millions program on uh, on Saturday. But yeah, the extremely popular Get Out Steaks is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannyvale Markets. That's on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show, swing past, say good day, have a chat to Timmy. His team will look after you, that's for sure. Congratulations to episode 61 winner Robbie Spence with uh, he locked in the appropriately named time to sizzle and uh, Robbie went in and grabbed his uh, his uh, group one steaks from Timmy Hewitt during the week and no doubt he'll be whacking them on the barbecue this weekend. So um, congratulations Robbie and um, that was actually a bunched finish to the get out steaks last week. So that's this is where. The two decimal places are very important, Terry. So just a reminder, when you enter the Get Out Stakes for this week, it's race 10 at Pinjarra on Saturday. Let us know who you think will win the race and two decimal winning, uh, two decimal points. Also, send that through to us at the 1-1-Pod on Twitter. And then, yeah, you can be in the running for some, uh, some of that gourmet beef from Market City Meats. Remembering the Sam White. Rule Terry. First in, best dressed, BJ. I forget what did, what did Riley say last week about the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wasn't ready for that one, was he? <laughs> Threw him under the bus there. But yes, Sam White. The young fella. Sam White rule. Don't forget. 
I have forgotten, BJ, to, to read out a couple of the young fellas' bets in the two-year-old Magic Millions. So um, we'll chuck those in now. Go for it. Um, so Tommy Johnston uh, has had 85 places. This is his last bet. He's just going the two bets. 85 places on a horse that uh, hit the line very nicely. Probably a bit stiff not to beat. Hoyan last start. Actually beat, sorry, success play. Home, uh, the horse that we don't mind at a bit of value, and that's Serviceman. 85 places on Serviceman. Uh, and Latham is uh, is back. He might have been the one that took my um, – I laid a few for this race midweek, and I laid Pixie Chick at 30 bucks on the um, – on the exchange. And uh, that's the way Latham is going in this race. Barrier one, Pixie Chick, David Harrison, Kira Yule. He's got 10 bucks each way on Pixie, uh, Pixie Chick. So good luck to the lads. Mm, he's going for the right camp there, isn't he? So D Harrison. So, uh, all righty. Race 10, the get out stakes. Fascination, this one. We see the, I guess he's probably one of the most exciting horses in WA at the moment, last of the line. Uh, five wins from his seven starts, backing up after another very high rating 1,400-meter win at Ascot last Saturday. Has his first crack at a mile, goes from 57 to 54.5 kilos after winning gate one. Um, I imagine that all eyes will definitely be on him. The market will focus on him primarily. The interesting runner of the race is part-owned by our man Pistol Pete Antonitz, resuming rising star staying mare Montalina. She won what she win four straight to finish her Belmont campaign, has been out of action for 154 days, but she couldn't have been more impressive in her lead-up January 25 Lark Hill trial win where she zipped past not to be missed and Bogart in that 950 showed plenty of um, spark fresh, um, did Montalina. And um, I imagine there's going to be people who suspect that Montalina might be able to knock off last of the line. Um, what are your thoughts on this particular, on the get-out stakes anyway, Terry? Well, from a speed map point of view, it's it's very sticky, isn't it, BJ? Yeah. Um, Juice and carrots from 10. Harry Thomas is probably the only natural front runner in the race. So Harry Thomas, you'd suspect with the claim, um, they'll just peel across in the 53 and a half and roll along. That will be the intention. I suspect that's what will end up eventually. Carleen, Carleen um, looks like the uh, the pacemaker for about eight races on Saturday, doesn't she? She, so. cer- she certainly does. Yeah. She certainly does. I like when we asked her in the mounting yard last week, so what's the uh, what's the plan with Newhead? Um Carleen, she said, go forward. <laughs> two go words. Forward. That's she good. Said, yep, that's it. She said, two words, Terry, go forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all we needed to hear as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, actually, she was She was a breath of fresh air, actually, Carleen. Very positive. Was, it was, it was. was uh, good interactions there in the mountain yard. She was, she was good pre-race and post-race as well. So. She, she certainly was. She, very uh, professional. Uh, very professional and, and, and thinks about her rides a lot. And, um, yeah, she gave us some good feedback post-race about where, where we can sort of move going forward. But back onto this race, um, Harry Thomas is the obvious speed horse. So look for Harry Thomas to, to glide forward. Um, I think you will find in uh, in barrier two, juicing carrots be ridden aggressively uh, if you can get out the gates. But there's not much other speed here. Last of the line from barrier one will probably – I think what they've got to do with last of the line here is if they've uh, they've got to say to Ryan Hill, just jump out the gates, roll along happily, and if you're not taken on, just lead. Yeah. If you are taken on, just just take the back of the leader. Don't don't end up three back the fence in what could be a slowly run. Don't take, take a hold. Don't, don't take a hold. 
if yeah. you take a hold and let a horse like superior smile jump in front of you and then harry thomas takes on superior smile and you end up three back the fronts on two slow horses backs trouble. that's when you're going to find trouble so trouble. be aggressive leaders back at worst the last of the line um she's a light can be ridden closer to the speed but they rode her cold last start when successful so i reckon they'll look to take a hold and settle midfield with she's a light Toll man, um, toll man can settle first few. There's a lot of horses that like settling first few with cover, but um, but none that will be too keen to race without cover. So, look, I'm. Uh, it's not a race because of that reason. I don't want to get too uh, enthused about uh, the race that much. You know, horse I'm expecting BJ. We're going to see some um, aggression from, and I just, I just, you know, so you just get a feeling you're going to see a little pearler. Mm-hmm. I reckon we're going to see a pearler from W Pike here on Friar Esk from Barrier 10. I reckon that we saw Friar Esk on the 28th of November and the 26th of December. They like to keep this bloke's runs well-spaced. Um, we saw really good gate speed from a horse we've never really seen it from before. Last start, wide gates. Um, Pike knew there was some speed in the race, so he took a hold um, and he went straight back. I'm expecting them to be a little bit more aggressive here um, and look to race in the first few. So how that ends up eventuating, I don't know. Um, but I'm expecting Friar uh, to run a pretty big race closer to the speed here. BJ, um, as, as we've touched on, pretty hard to go past last of the line. Just keeps getting better and better and better. Placement barriers. Uh, Ryan Hill rides absolute gems. Start after start on this bloke. Um, it's just about backable prices here, really. What do you um, think of Montalina? I'm, I'm happy taking on Montalina yep. first up um, at the mile. Trial was really good. All her runs last campaign were really good, but she didn't beat much, and they were in semi-suitable races where she could build into it. She's now an 82-rated mare that has to run up, uh, come up against some really tough, strong, fit types first up. Um, I think they're going to just let her fall out the gates and run on. They'll be looking at Bunbury and Pinjarra Cups, I presume, BJ, yep. would be the yep. plan. Um, yeah, she can win if all goes to plan and, and, and she's the last horse standing, Chrissy Parnham gets the right trail. I'm not saying she can't win, but, um, she's one I'll definitely be, uh, be happily happy to take on. Tollman gets a three and a half kilo weight swing and should be fitter for the last meeting against last of the line. So that's a, that's a pretty notable weight swing. Um, I still think last of the line's got more improvement in him, so I'm not going to be taking him on with Tollman, but, um, I respect people that will be backing Tollman there because that's, that's just, Simple weight ratings. I presume Pete McCormick will be one that finds um, finds Tollman there. Um, How, and then you got Luke's Gold. Yes, Luke's Gold. Luke's Gold. Who I one thing I don't understand here is the gear changes. As Luke's Gold didn't need gear changes. Oh. Luke's Gold just needed. Luke's Gold just needed a better ride. <laughs> um, like Luke's Gold has copped has copped four. Well, it's copped four. Five five shockers in a row, to be honest. They led, they sat deep, uh, got held up, made the wrong move. Chrissy Nickel got held up, rather made the wrong move. Chrissy Nickel, and then just got a bit keen on Joey as a party last night, last start, sitting deep the trip. So, um, how did it, you know, how did it still run third last start? Oh, uh, well, if you go back God, to it, uh, go back to his win six Jesus starts tough. ago, God. yeah, he is, he, he's super tough, so he's he's not impossible here either. So, um, uh, this is a this is a cracking race, BJ. I've, I've got last of the line, what two dollars. Forty-two dollars forty-five, um, last of the line, six dollars sixty Friar esque. So, to be honest, I, I'm I'm probably looking could back the pair. I could back the pair potentially, but then I'm not riding off Montalina Tollman Luke's Gold. I, I could back the pair if I'm I could back Friar esque. Place heavy each way. Uh, it's not a race I'm I'm super super keen to get involved in. But um, you have noticed I've laid She's a Light, one of my bigger lays. On Betfair this morning. I don't know if you saw that little tweet earlier, BJ. No, I missed that one. Uh, 
She's about six fifty, so I've put her up uh, ten bucks. So I've given a big chunk above the current price. Um, so there's some there's some good uh, good numbers for She's a Light available on the Betfair Exchange this morning. And if you miss those tweets, that's because you haven't uh, done the notifications mm. settings to alert oh. you for when the guru sends his tweets out. So um, if you're a Betfair player and uh, you like to get involved in Terry's lays, then uh, yeah, you can. Never miss his tweets. Just uh, make sure you change your notifications. Um, yeah, for me, I was two forty like you last of the line. Ryan Hill rides this guy so confidently. I don't think he'll be making any mistakes. Last Saturday, was it Christy Bennett on Cryptic Love improved three week uh, three wide and tried to put him in a pocket. Boy, uh, Boy Hill didn't panic. He just knew how strong and how well his horse was traveling. He just Gradually shifted, cryptic love, got out into the clear and um, ran to the line. Another super fast 1,400-metre time. That's two in a row. I don't think the mile is going to be an issue. Looks really well placed on the quick backup by SJ Miller. He Obviously, he's on a steep incline, last of the line. They're talking Pinjaro Classics. They're talking Bunbury Stakes. If he's going to measure up to that quality, then he's just going to simply get the job done on Saturday. Uh, I think it's a... I think it's uh, pretty obvious for me, uh, last of the line, if um, I think he's just going to be too too good again. The interesting runner for me, especially from a um, Pinjaro Bunbury Cups point of view, is um, the top weight, Divine Shadow. He ran three absolute crackers in the Coolgardie Boulder and Kalgoorlie Cups. There was only three runs last prep. He's a, he's a really decent horse. Um, this won't be his race on Saturday, but look out for him making ground alongside Friar-esque with a pointer to the future. But for me, I just think uh, last of the line is a horse going places and he's just going to continue on his merry way. 240, there's a bit of 280, 290 around with the corpse at the moment, Terry. All right. And uh, what have we got here? The final bet for the kids, Riley Dot Morgan. Uh, race 10, 20 wins. Toll man, he likes the weight swing. He must have borrowed Pete's, uh, Pete's index cards for this one. He's backing Toll man in to cause a bit of an upset at around 10 bucks. Okay, very good. Good luck to all three lads in the uh, Rising mm. Stars punting series. All right, Terry. Now it's time for our Betfair Best betting propositions on Magic Millions Day. Terry, who is your Betfair Best? Short but sweet, BJ. Race eight, number five, Snipper Rucci. Anything, even money or above, I'm uh, I'm happy to have a, a full stake on. Okay, yes, the uh, the favourite for the two year old classic, Snipper Rucci. She does look a standout. So my bet fair best is uh, race six, number ten, Indigo Blue. That's who I'm going mm. with as my best bet fair best betting proposition of the day. What's your Maddie Terry? Ah, uh, my Maddie. Well, I'm going to – I know it's a $20 rule. This one's 17 at the moment. I'm expecting we'll see more than that. Um, I'm going to allow myself to go with this one because this one I'll actually – I might even be uh, tipping. I'm quite uh, quite keen we can get a race out of race number five. Uh, number one, Luke's choice. Um, expecting – hoping a three-wide line with Carlene. And, um, yeah, I think he's been a bit stiff first and second up, flying for the new stable thin race. Happy being on. Okay. Uh, yeah, look, it's going to need a bit of <laughs> – this one's going to need a lot to go right to win, obviously, with the um, with the favourite, the uh, the obvious standout. But for me, 
I felt as though in the Magic Millions two-year-old classic, that success play was well over the odds. Currently $41 best available. I reckon he's going to run on into – he's going to challenge strongly for a top three finish. Look out for him launching late. Uh, success play. He's my maddie for the day. Yeah, I – if I would have felt a bit silly having my best and my Maddie in the yeah, same race, but yeah. uh, that that would have been the uh, the Maddie had Snipperucci not still being a very backable price for me. So uh, my lay of the day, BJ. I've already, as I said, I've already chucked up. She's a light and and Michelada. Probably happy taking on Giant Leap too, but I'm a little bit wary that I'll be guts in comfort me. So making Giant Leap my lay of the day when the race could be running that way probably doesn't make much sense. So. Race eight, uh, race eight, not race eight, uh, race number seven, sorry. I'm going to take on um, number 13, barrier one, William Pike, Tommy Blue. Uh, I think $4.80 is, uh, is pretty thin for a horse. I don't know if she's come back uh, all that well, BJ. Okay, so uh, I laid kiss on all four cheeks last week, so um... – yeah, so I need to need to lift my game from a uh, laying point of view, and my best betting betfair best wasn't much better to be honest. But um, we will rebound strongly, no doubt. My lay race one number one Talon, um, three sixty available at the at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced that uh, about Talon's uh, genuineness, but we'll find out on Saturday. There'll be scenes when the stable mate uh, knocks off talent in the uh, in the uh, the shades of the post, won't there? Storm thief. I'm surprised that wasn't your Maddie, actually. Bet, bet. I actually, I sort of forgot about it to be honest mm. with you when I did that. But I'm also, it's, it's a difficult one. I got to. Uh, I'm yet to have anything on, so we got to. Uh, <laughs> we got to. We got to have a little bit of uh, self interest. Yeah, a little bit of self-interest. So anyway, that brings us to the end, BJ, of a, uh, another edition of the uh, of the 1-1. One, one. Um, we have an absolute racing bonanza over the next week. Uh, as BJ said, we have obviously Pinjarra Saturday, which we've just previewed, Ascot Sunday, which has been transferred from Narragin, and then we move on to Albany, Geraldton, Ascot and Bunbury, I think it is, Correct. over the next four yep. days. So um, for what we've missed this week, there's plenty to come. Uh, everybody that's in uh, any of the affected areas, um, bushfire wise, stay safe. Um, everyone's, we're all thinking about you, especially in the racing industry. Um, and it's a difficult time for all. So we're hoping that uh, everybody and praying that everybody stays safe. Uh, we get a little bit of respite. Hopefully the meeting goes ahead, BJ. As uh, as well, we've obviously done all the work, and um, and we're we're praying that we can uh, a nice little bit of a distraction um, with the races uh, this week. And good luck to the uh, to the three young fellas, Riley, Morgan, Tom Johnston, Latham Anderson. Surely one of the blokes have got to get off the mark this week. Let's see, let's see him hit a few of these through the covers, and um, potentially we might be back in studio next week with BJ Ryan, but uh, until next week on the 1-1.